Blue Tiger Revenge, brought to you by Narpig. Hit the music. Oh, that's right. We're back for another episode of your megafauna, your 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 ultimate predator and storytelling podcast. Do we tell stories? No, but we talk about the culture that inspires storytelling and the storytelling that inspires culture. I am comic book creator Tag Illusion. With me, armed to the teeth, he has stolen, stolen. My boyhood dream of owning Captain America's shield. The king of beards, Brian Bales. What's happening? <laughs> well, well, it is technically April Fool's Day. I was going to open up with and This is going to be our final episode. But then I remembered, like, well, it's not coming out for a few days. So yeah, it won't, it won't, yeah, it won't be out on April 1st. And, yeah. It wouldn't make sense. But, uh, <sighs> but uh, I guess happy April Fool's Day. Oh, yeah. Thank you. And it, any uh, shena- shenanigans pulled? Um, not really. No. Uh, yeah, no, not at all. Well, there was a real life shenanigan that was pulled by your beautiful wife. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. You want to you want to lay it down on the tech now? Now, folks, I'm just gonna my the preamble to what Bry's about to lay down here. This little story he's gonna tell is um. We've been, I don't know, talking about this concept for, what, three, four years now at yeah. this point? Like, just beating it into the ground. Beating I it like, into the ground like a dead like, horse. Yeah. At this point, we should just get royalty checks from Warner Brothers. Yeah. Lay it on him. So, I think it was, like, last week, uh, the Queen of Beards comes to me, and uh, just, you know, this look in her eyes that she had come up with the greatest idea of ever, of all time. You know, and she was like, "Well, why don't?" Well, Max was on a Max was on a Batman Beyond kick for a little while, so he was like, you know, watching the cartoon a little bit, um, asking me all sorts of questions about Batman Beyond, and then uh, and and then Nikki was like, "You know, it wouldn't it be they're they're of the age. Wouldn't it be great if like they made a a Batman Beyond movie where?" Michael Keaton is Batman, and and you know Mark Hamill, he he voiced the Joker. He's of age; he could voice the Joker too. He could play the Joker too. And I was like, "Are you, are you, are you, are you, are you fucking kidding me?" Like, I have been preaching that to the mountaintops for at least ten years. At this at point, least. at this point, yeah. Wow. And then, what did you do? I call, you, uh, you she, called. You called me. Didn't, she didn't believe me. She was like, I, "You've never said this before." I came up with this, and yeah. so we're at the middle of the dinner table, and I, I just call you and put it on speaker. You sound busy and annoyed, and you're like, "What?" Oh, yeah, I was in. I was like in the middle of hitting a deadline <laughs> when you told me what was going on. I was like, Are you, "Well, I guess we know somebody doesn't listen to the yeah, podcast. yeah." <laughs> <laughs> 
we we have a visitor into the studio, friends. We do. We do. He crashes from time to time, but it's time to go to bed, sir. Oh, he's giving like the sad patty face, like, oh god, dad, please. Right now, big Bry's just laying laying the law down. You should see this. You should see this. I think he's gonna grab the cap shield. Ultimate intimidation. Wow. Wow, that Hey, walk your butt to bed. Go. This is the slowest walk I've ever seen. Humanly possible. <laughs> wow. And I'm wow. back. And that's how you kick off a show. That's how you kick off a show. Um, I thought you were going to grab the shield and, you know, ultimate intimidation. There. That's true. I could have. See, white, you know, and over there I've got the lightsabers too. So yeah. that's like the best of both. My God. My God. Wait till you get that head to toe. Uh, what are you, I can't remember. What suit are you getting? I want to do a. Uh, I've been I've been toying with the idea of doing like a Mandalorian, head to toe Mandalorian. You just he starts talking shit, and you just like one second, son, and you just suit up. You just suit well, up. Well, I'll just Get paint it. I'll, I'll paint it red, white, and blue. You know, put the cap star in the middle of the armor, and then I've got the shield too. Do you want to be the most popular guy at Comic? Like, you're never going to make it through the front lobby because everyone will be like, "We have to take pictures with Captain America." Mandalore. Mandalore. That's right. <laughs> it would be pretty epic. Captain Mandalorian. That's right. Mandalorian America. I don't even know. Yeah. I don't know what I would call him, but yeah, something along those lines. I call it patriotic. That's there we I go. There <laughs> we go. There we go. Speaking of, um, well, we got a big guest, big returning guest. We do. Great, I'm excited. Great guy. Good friend of the of yours and mine. Uh, well. Well, I'll, I'll introduce him when he gets here. Yeah, but uh, you've, you, got, you, at this point, you've read the show notes. You know who it is, but we're still not going to tell you. Yeah, we're gonna make you wait. Yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be cagey. We're gonna be like that Nick Cagey. Ooh. All right. Whoa. There it is. So uh, I did have a fan question today. Okay. Better be from, a good one. This is from. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if he's your friend or your my, enemy. Is he my nemesis? Your nemesis. Okay. He is if he is your nemesis, he is your nemesis enforcer. And people out there, if they get that, I mean, props to them. That is some old school <laughs> pop culture. Uh, but your nemesis enforcer, Big Red, goes has Big Bry seen Moon Knight. Big Bry has seen Moon Knight, but I wanted to wait to talk about it with our guest because oh. our guest has actually worked on Moon Knight. Okay. So I thought it'd be has fun really? to yeah. So I thought it'd be fun to uh, talk about it with him. Okay, he's probably seen the show too. I, I imagine he's probably a somewhat of a fan. Yeah, I'm not sure, but uh, he's he's the guy who I want to talk about it with. So you just have to wait just a little bit, Big Red, and I will. Uh, That's right. And I'll get just hang on, hang on to them teats. Yep. Chug that tiger milk while you're chugging down the highway. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Holy, how long have you been waiting to use that? <laughs> What's sad is it just came. It just came. It's just natural. Yeah, I will that's... say I, I I did get some cool. Uh, so my uh, my three my my volumes one two and three of the uh, uh, abominable Charles Christopher just came uh, a couple oh, days ago. Yeah, yeah. What do you think I haven't read it yet. I'm catching up on some other stuff first, but uh, I mean the overall like the book. So you had to it, like at least peek. It, it looks great. 
It looks great. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm excited to get into it. But yeah, it's on a it's under my pile of a long list of graphic novels to read. So yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. More. Have you even tapped into that Anchorage pile? No. <laughs> it just keeps getting bigger. It just and keeps bigger. getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> the mountain of books. <laughs> yeah. That's just how it goes. You see a, you have books to read and you see a new book and you're like, okay, I'm going to get this. Yeah, that's just I the way it goes. I've been on a, a weird, uh, you know, you know my my weakness is I, I have an affliction for Dragon Ball. Yep, yep. Well, I kind of like you know. Dork. I think the last time I talked, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Think okay, Dad. Um, <laughs> except I would have kicked his ass. I could have kicked his ass. I'm just saying that. Um, yeah. Any, anyway, easy to say now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah come at me old man yeah that's right that's what i thought wow wow um but the, i think i the last one i reviewed on here i just wasn't into it yeah so i kind of given up on it but then um i saw some people posting some stuff about uh, maybe it's the latest volume or something just like some of the comics and it looked really good like it just kind of just crazy you know fight yeah fight scenes and stuff and that's and i kept thinking like that's all i really read it for was just like the big battles you know i didn't yeah. care much anything else and um i was at bosco's you know the, the comic shop here in anchorage today we stopped by and they had every volume that i was behind on which was like did, six of them did you buy all six of them <laughs> i did <laughs> yes i love and they it were like, and they were like oh yeah cool and i was like yeah cool <laughs> you were like had your sunglasses on and hood up, like God, please don't recognize me. Yeah, it's a with your giant <laughs> stack of Dragon Ball Super. There you go. God, it's just you know what? I like it. It it just it's not as good. the first two runs, Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Man, they were just uh, the comics. Not so much everything else, but the sure. comics were epic. They were so good. I will say the Dragon Ball Super movies have been very good, though. The the two movies okay. that came out. Yeah, like even if you're not a DBZ fan and you just like like badass action kind of cartoons, um, like movies, right? They're worth they're worth watching. They're they're very entertaining. Yeah, okay. and and the fight scenes are good. Beerus is like kind of the one of the new main characters that they brought in. Who's like they give a lot of uh, slaps in that. There's book. actually there is a lot of slaps. <laughs> yes. There are some slaps. Beerus slaps. Yeah, some people just mouth off, and he just... Ah, just it's like real snap. life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the repercussions are are more real in DBZ. You slap you slap somebody, we'll get involved, dude. The powers are kind of like yeah. people raging. We go Super Saiyan, or whatever That's, it is. Yeah. Go, see, I'm getting you slowly. I've never read it. I've never read a, slowly a single volume. Through. To the dark side. I mean, let's be honest. I think I've been there a long time, but yeah, everybody's got their 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 dark vice, right? They do. Like the thing where they're like, "I'm not really into this, but um, I own every single piece of merchandise for it." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we all have. Yeah, it. I don't have a ton of like Dragon Ball stuff. It's just the comics, really, that I own. But um, I love it. It's so fucking good. Nice. Yeah. Yes, just uh, you know, slapping the bass. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or man. like slapping the face. 
That's true. Yeah. Uh, speaking of slap of faith, did you uh, see the amazing uh, trailer I sent you a little while ago? I haven't watched it yet. No, I've been. Uh, I've actually been reading the uh, the graphic novel of our esteemed guest. Oh. So. Oh. Uh, that he well, we'll, that he sent we'll us so it. far. I, oh, I've I'm I'm just on page forty, so I'm like not even halfway through, but. I've, You're farther than me. I only, I mean, uh, we got it kind of late today, which yeah. you know, no, that's nothing against him. That's just us not making, being able to make the time for it. But um, it, uh, it, and it was awesome. I can't believe he even sent it to us. It's so cool. I you know. know. Like, um, I read the first issue, so I'm, I got about twenty pages. In, okay. So, yeah. So I got like through chapter one. Book looks fucking great. Oh, it's, it's gorgeous. Humanoids really does. I don't haven't read a lot of humanoids books as much as I'm embarrassed to say, but every time I do, I'm always blown away at just like the overall production value. Like yeah. just like the pages look so nice. Like the colors always look great. Um, the art's always good. Just the graphic design, like even in the chapter breaks and like the covers and stuff, which mm-hmm. is so. It just looks. I know it's like one of those. I guess as an artist, you want or as a creator, you want to have like. The worst thing is when you just have like a really shitty like floppy kind of yeah. GN come out. Yeah, and I get it. Like those are more affordable, but man, there's something nice about having like it's got like a dust jacket and all that kind of stuff and a hard like I've never been lucky one of those cool enough artists to get that. I'm always in floppy city. Sure, but, um, uh, dude. It, yeah, it looks good. Yeah. Speaking of looking good though, we should probably bring our guest in. Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Check one, two. Tiger Milk! And we're back with the guest that you can see in the notes who it is, but we've chosen to be secretive about. Ibrahim Mustafa. How's What's it going? What's up, man? man? What's going on, guys? Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. Thanks for dude. coming back. Yeah. It's been a while since we uh kind of chatted. It has been like a year and I, I was like so a little behind the scenes after I came on last time, we stayed on for a while. Brian had to go eventually cuz like he's like a a normal person. I was like I I yeah. can't I can't. I got to go. <laughs> and, yeah. But Dad yeah. and I just talked for like 4 hours. <laughs> yeah, it was my wife was actually asking. She's like, "Is that the guy that you stayed up really late with talking last time?" And I was like, "Yeah." She goes, "Oh, are you guys are you doing that again?" I go, "Well, maybe we'll see. I don't know." Right? I know. And we were like, "Dude, we got to keep in touch." And like, we have you know through like written stuff, but I, I've been lax in uh, you know like circling back around to you guys and being like, "What the fuck's going on?" So I'm glad to be back, and uh, it's yeah. much overdue. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and you've been. Um, You've been grinded, man. Yeah, you've been busy. I am I jealous? Fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Don't be, man. It's not. <laughs> no, yeah. just from a productive level, I uh, I look at like what you've accomplished. Like you know, you've put out uh, what three? This is your third graphic novel now through Humanoids. Is that right? This, this is number my two, second right? One. Yeah, yeah I'm, this is number okay. two. I'm writing number three right now, actually. So there we uh, go. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're in production on the third graphic novel through humanoids. And then like, I've seen you dancing with other stuff. Like I see smaller, like I think I want to say, did you do some like Marvel work or something like that? Yeah, I did a couple, I did a, I did an old man Logan one shot 
Um, and then I did some fill-in pages on Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Damn, uh, there were, the artist was you know in need of some assistance, so I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll jump in. And then, uh, and then I did. I just finished a Doctor Strange one shot. That's nice. dude. That's big time, man. Like yeah. that is like thanks, man. It, and you did hitter. that. You did that old man Logan with uh, what Stephen the Knight. He's the showrunner of uh, what the first season of Daredevil on Netflix. The yes. Net- yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Man, that guy was great. Like, yeah, like his script was so good. And really, it was just you know because a lot of times you get you get writers who come from other mediums and they don't you know comic scripts are like a something new to them you know yeah. so they don't have the format down or they write too much. And I guess maybe because screenwriting is similar enough to comics in a lot of ways. That mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it was just but the pacing and, is way different. Yeah. And he paced this perfectly. And it was just like, it was totally my Damn. sensibilities. And it was like the most seamless collaboration I've had in a while. Cause it was just like, you know, it, it was, it was like everything I wanted to draw pretty much. That's wow. awesome. So I, I got, still need I to got pick that super up. lucky with that. Yeah. I still need to pick and, that up. Oh, thank now, you, man. Now yeah, let yeah. me ask you what, constitute is everything that you want to like what is the thing that you're like gets you out of bed where you're like oh my god the writer is going to actually write this for me to draw yeah just like cool shit man you know no. <laughs> <laughs> the most vague answer ever oh yeah it's cool stuff no you know it was it was a lot of stuff like um like there's a scene where uh you know him and baby hulk because if you remember the original old man logan yep. series he like yeah. you know keeps baby hulk at the end to raise him right so we kind of essentially pick up where that leaves off. And, uh, you know, there's a scene where he's sitting by the fire with baby Hulk and these ghost riders come up and, you know, they're the like Mad Maxian kind of like mm-hmm. you know, yeah. face painted like skulls and stuff. And, uh, and they're basically like, we're going to eat you. And he's, he just kind of, there's a page where, you know, he like the last panel is him going like, I don't go down so easy, bub. <laughs> and I'm just like, fuck yeah. And then the next page, he just like, you know, goes through all of them. And like, I just love stuff like that. I love yeah. that like toxic masculinity bravado shit yeah. <laughs> in a superhero comic book page. You yeah. Know what I mean, um, especially with so, a character like Wolverine, like that's, that's what, he, that's what he does. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you know, we get, I think so many people want to subvert expectations and, and you know, Oh, what if it was like Wolverine, but the whole time he's like in a coffee shop or some dumb shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, so then you end up going like, I get to draw a Wolverine story, but then it's like, he's at the gap or something. And you're like, this isn't what it, nobody what? wants to read a Wolverine story where he's shopping for clothes. I'm right. sorry. And I mean, I, that was just you know, a dumb thing I made up right now, we, but like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, no, yeah, yeah exactly. It'll be like the hero on their day off or something. And it was so nice to get to just like do the thing that they do. Yeah. We, I can't, I'm trying to think who it was. I want to say maybe it was Layla Del Duca, but we had a guest on, this was a while back and they worked on some project where they did like, it wasn't Layla. I can't remember who it was, but they did like wonder woman or, or some character like that. But it was like, they were only in the actual superhero costume being a superhero for like two pages out of the entire like. Yeah. four issue run that they did and the yeah. rest was just like day-to-day life on the island or yeah <laughs> in the city right. and they, they were like oh man like i really wanted to draw wonder woman or whoever i can't remember who it was but yeah i would imagine that would be um horrible <laughs> it's like it's all, a lot of times it feels like writers want to do the opposite of what artists want to do like usually sure. like, i, I want to draw superman like lifting a school bus and you know, like reversing a tornado into nothing or, you know, doing this, lifting, you know, whatever. 
And then the writers are like, I want to really deconstruct like what it means to be Clark Kent. (laughs) You know, like that's the, that's the thing they've been dreaming about pitching and you're like, yeah. So yeah. (laughs) Oh man. Well, um, so you got your new books called, uh, retroactive. retroactive. And, um, before we get into it, I have a question for you and we don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything about the book. Um, because I think, it's just come out, right? Or it's about to come It'll out? It'll be out on April 26th. So end of the month. Awesome. End of the month. Okay. If you had go back in time and um, someone was like, I want you to assassinate Hitler. Now, really think about it. Would you do it or wouldn't you? That's a really good question, man. I mean, I know. I There's a reason why I'm asking yeah. it, but. But well, you know. so, so, and it's not a spoiler because it's in the opening sequence. Like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, well, no, I appreciate you, you know, the very, very Bondian it. opening, I must say, which I appreciate yeah. as a fellow Bond guy. Oh, well, thank you, sir. That was, I definitely structured this book like a Bond book. I should, yeah. let me do a quick little overview of what Please. it is. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> actually, my elevator pitch for it is James Bond meets Groundhog Day. So it's essentially like, you know, it's 20, it's in the early 2050s and um you know so kind of a five minutes in the future thing and time travel is a thing that exists but it's like a clandestine government mm-hmm. thing right so the five superpowers in the world have it essentially and it, it becomes like a new cold war right where it's like russia goes back to try to fuck up something for us and then the u.s tries to stop it you know and then and then they also the the, the bta the bureau of temporal affairs also um like will try to thwart terror attacks and disasters mm-hmm. and things so they're like the cia of time travel basically oh, that's um, cool and thank you and um yeah so we open the book and uh oh and then essentially so the main character um he's tracking down these anomalies in the timeline that don't have like a corresponding signature to like the country that they're from right yeah uh, so they're trying to figure out what this is and essentially you know the bad guys stick them in a time loop and so he has to kind of figure his way out to try to stop them from you know, finishing their, their nefarious plan and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I opened the book with a very bond esque, like yeah. opening pre credit sequence thing. Yeah. And which is very intentional because, you know, I just love that like structure of bond movies like that. And it's, I'm right away. I'm getting the question out of the way. Like, would you kill Hitler? Right. Cause that's yeah. always the thing, you know? So, um, I, you know, I probably would, <laughs> I mean, like you know, yeah, we know how well, it we know how it worked out with him alive. So let's well, let's give yeah, it a shot. Let's give it a shot. Right? <laughs> that's a good point. You're right, because that's that is like the knee jerk reaction right away is like, oh yeah, definitely, totally kill him. Like you know, like go back and kill him in the the cradle or something. But then like you know, the people that really like you get people that play that devil's advocate. They're like, well, but there was how would that affect the timeline? Right, it's would the butterfly the, some, effect thing, right? Yeah, how, would something worse happen? Would, right. You know, would another nation do the same thing but like be successful? And you're like, oh, oh, shit! I didn't even think about that. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff. You know, if, if you're doing like a kind of a realistic take yeah. on time travel, there's a lot of cool like moral conundrums that it brings up. Right. You know? Especially for an agency that does this, and I get into that in the book, like you know, the main character kind of becomes disillusioned because he starts to find out about like, oh, well, these are the ones that they didn't do something about that yeah. they could have, you know? And so how does that factor into what he does for a living? And is he doing the right thing? Are they really yeah. helping or are they just screwing everything up, you know? And yeah. I, I thought you you set up the Groundhog Day 
part really well, especially like I think it's that, you know, the sequence after the opening. So kind of the, you know, the post credit, post opening credit scene, uh, you know, where he gets shot and then oh wakes back up. OK, can't can't try and take him out that way. Got to figure out another way to do it doesn't quite work okay let's go back and you know i i i just really like that you know it kind of shows like his thought process and the inner workings of okay this didn't work but i know exactly where to get him the next time i love that man thanks man thank you yeah i you know I, i'm such a huge fan of of time loop stuff like, yeah it's one of my favorite little subgenres. and yeah you know we don't really see it in comics i think it's only been done once and that was the adaptation of all you need is kill, which was what you know the, mm-hmm. the, what uh, Edge of Tomorrow was based on the novel, right? Oh yeah, so, yeah. Um, and you know, I read that to see how they handled it, and then see like you know, and also to make sure I wasn't doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things I devised for it was I have like a little symbol at the beginning. It's like a circle with an arrow at the beginning of every panel where it's like a new day. You know, every time the loop starts again, yeah. you have that symbol. So it's just a nice quick shorthand for the for the reader to go like oh okay i get it because you know it works really well in movies to do the kind of smash cut thing to like yeah back to the beginning right right but without having that luxury um of the other sort of like visual and, and audio cues that you get right something audio visual like a movie or a tv show you know i i want i had to find a way to kind of make it like shorthand for comics so that's cool wow. yet yeah, i i think every if if you were a sci-fi TV show in the like '90s to early 2000s, every single one of those had a time loop episode. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, that's like actually one of my favorite episodes of Stargate SG One was was the time loop episode when they're hitting golf balls through the Stargate and like going insane. Shit was hilarious. Great episode. <laughs> <laughs> so did you um did you have to get into like uh like theoretical like quantum physics or anything like that because i know that like the stories you tend to tell you kind of structure them like if this was re- like if this was real life you know what i mean like you, you you ground your stuff pretty heavily in like i guess the real life aspects of like the scenarios mm-hmm. um did you have to explore any of that kind of stuff no you know i thought about trying to go down those rabbit holes and i was yeah. like ultimately it probably would either just make me uh less likely to do something that might be like more fun or, or just make sense for the story. Cause I go, well, you know, technically, you know, so yeah, right. That right. And also I'm just, I'm kind of a dumbass, so I'm not smart enough. To really like, well, have you I heard know, of, have you yeah. heard of alpha brain? So man, you just pop a couple <laughs> alpha brains. <laughs> oh and, my God. You know, <laughs> Jamie, pull that clip. Just throw on that, oh that JRE yeah. and then you're, I mean, you're listen, basically listen, a scientist. So listen right? guys, we're going to get canceled here. Can't <laughs> no i you know but what i did do is i made the time travel like (laughs) as grounded as i could right like there's not a mcguffin thing it's not a magic watch and you you know and then it beams you up or whatever it's like you have to they they have a watch thing but it's like they have to use it in tandem with this chamber Mm -hmm. and they can only go back to one time in the past and then back to the present so there's no jumping back and forth you know no no oh, wow. jumping in the future there's no yeah you know like going back and then going back again you it's like it's you know so i limited it in a way that uh it, it's not too easy and it's not too just like oh you can do whatever you know it's time travel who gives a shit like, right i wanted it to be clear cut as much as possible i love that you got into like um that you set up this like cold war scenario because i think 
uh i've been listening to, there's this um there's there, i've been listening to a lot of like kind of these like science-based shows where they have like guys like noam chomsky or they'll have some like physicists from like harvard or something right and they try and have like a contextual conversation where they break it down for the, us layman folk right <laughs> and uh yeah it it is something that um a technology like that would become all about like it would be, it would be like a space race or you know a race right. to who's going to be the the nuclear power the biggest kid on the block and uh so who are what are the nations i'm guessing like what us russia china what was uh, you said there was five of them yeah yeah us russia china japan and the uk it's kind of like yeah. a great britain sort of you know sure um, and uh yeah i mean you're absolutely right man i and that was kind of the lens i looked at it through because i feel like you know like like if if we discovered aliens tomorrow it would be how do we make it a weapon Oh, yeah. How do we make money off of it, and how do we fuck it? Those are the things. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right, right, yeah. And so, okay, Riker, you, know, I, you been watching? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of applied the, you know, that sort of logic to this. Like, you know, of course it would be a government thing that was, you know, and I don't really have a backstory for how the time travel comes about, like in the book, but in my head it was like a, a you know, a Manhattan Project. Yeah, thing yeah, that yeah, yeah. Like they, yeah, added, when it, they stumbled upon it, you know. Like one of these like government think tanks that you know it's got like you know it's got the what's it wow what's it called what's it where they got the you know the the black fund money oh yeah just dumping oh, yeah, in yeah. just bought <laughs> yeah. you know like Lockheed Martin type stuff you know um I'm, I love all that stuff I love, <laughs> I love that's my favorite stuff in the world dude it's such a thing like when especially as like a like a American male I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you were to chart your age and interest in that kind of stuff, it would just be a line that goes like up and to the right. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, steadily. Yeah. Yes. Hey, we grew up during the 90s when they had the whole like, what was it? The uh, alien autopsy and all that kind right. of stuff. Oh, yeah. Right? Where you're like, X-Files. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah X-Files. Like, oh, dude, at Roswell, you know, they're making some crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh. If I could just, I, my sister's in the Air Force. Um, and I'm always like, listen. For your next assignment, you just put in for Roswell. Give me a visitor's pass. I just need a weekend. That's it. Just uh, yeah. get me in there. I just want to walk out. around. So yeah, listen, I, I I've proposed this question to you before, Tab, but now I'm going to ask both of you. Okay. You get passes to Roswell. You can go see. They they're, they're going to let you see all the shit you want to see. Mm-hmm. But when it's time for you to leave, when that when you're ready to leave, they're going to kill you. You can't. You, because you can't know, you Whoops. can't spread out. Wait, so I need I need some clarification. So we get to know all this, all the secrets, all the secrets. But Kennedy, then, Bigfoot, aliens, yeah. everything. But then you, but then they're gonna kill you before you leave. Would you do it? I might. <laughs> <laughs> is there is there like a, a greater than zero percent chance that we could somehow not die if I, we were like smart about it? I don't know. T- tape some phone books to ourselves, or could we know? just get a get a job like just working on base? Maybe, maybe. Like it's like they gotta need a, they gotta have an art department, right? Like right. whatever new tech they're working on, you know they're doing like they're making posters and stuff and printing them up to put in the lunchroom. Be like, keep working harder. Those are are UFOs. They need or, a they need a know, custodian, gotta, right? Yeah, or somebody to like Photoshop out like you know 
like perfect make, make propaganda photos to be like nah that's yeah. not what happened it was a training exercise yeah it was fog gas it was yeah. don't worry about it <laughs> it was a it was a weather a weather probe yeah yeah it's yeah, it weather balloon high atmosphere radio sensors don't worry about it mm-hmm. i'm not talking about mm-hmm. drone yeah uh i'm in okay don't, don't tell my wife but i'm in <laughs> <laughs> don't worry she, we we both know she doesn't listen so that's true Brian, it would be Brian. weird for her though when she never saw you again. That's true. But yeah, you couldn't tell her. <laughs> you couldn't tell her. She would just think you ran out on her. Oh, uh, well, I guess. I mean, I'd be dead or locked up, so she couldn't find me because that would be way scarier. Yeah. <laughs> well, think of the revenge movie that could come into effect though to avenge now your we're death. Talking. Now we're talking. Take down the whole government. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, she'd probably have an idea. She'd be like, "I know he went to Area Fifty One. God damn it." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh man. Well, I mean, the book sounds awesome, man. I, um, are, uh, did you, I know last time you were on, you talked about how like you worked with like your own people to do, um, like a lot of the, the advertisements and things like that. Was that something you were doing for, for this book too? Yeah, I, I started to, and we're, you know, kind of in the process now, like, um, of really doing the sort of final push before FOC, you know, final work card off for those who aren't familiar with all the weird comic market terms lingo yeah yeah um I, you know not to not to bring things down too much but my uh my dog died recently we i saw that man i'm really sorry thank yeah. you man. thank you and yeah that that sucks man i'm no, sorry i appreciate it yeah you know it, and so that just really kind of like sapped me of any like i just giving a shit really about yeah. like a yeah. Lot yeah. Of, so i've just i've been uh you know with comics uh, you know at at really any publishing house frankly because unless it's batman or or iron man or something you need to do your own pr really yeah Um, yeah and uh you know that was a big part of the launch of count my last book that i talked to you guys about Mm -hmm. and so i was gearing up for that with this one and i you know i'm i'm i make the trailers i edit all the little you know footage of of the pull quotes and stuff really i didn't know that that's awesome those those are great they're so really cool oh thank you man yeah i just like uh figured out iMovie one day and i was like you know what fuck it like i you know because i I really feel like comics should be doing more of that kind of stuff i don't know why they don't yeah, they have departments that are supposed to do that, but you'd think not to knock all the publishers out there that could potentially make our lives easier through right. employment. <laughs> um, but uh, you would think that that would be a no, especially with like YouTube. Like, what was it that new Sandra Bullock movie? They already, they already reported that they've made like three million dollars just off of trailer view revenue on oh, YouTube. Yeah, I believe it. I believe which, it. Which, which you'd think that that would be something the comic industry would be like, oh. If we make a cool enough trailer, then we could like, you know, we're giving the creators more back end and this and right. that. Yeah. 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 I, you know, I mean, comics as an industry is still super, you know, 10 years or more behind, like the way things are kind of going. Right. Like, yeah. And, and I think you see a lot of retailers who do a really good job of using social media and whatnot to their benefit Mm -hmm. um you know like the ones that really stand out are the ones who have you know they they do um like like uh to shout out to cape and cow comics in oakland uh they do like really fun like instagram videos and like you know like uh claim sales and stuff like that um so they're really you know engaging their community and stuff and and 
it would be nice to see more of that from the publishing side of things. Yeah. I yeah. think the, the people, I mean, this stuff moves so fast, right? Like, like remember when uh, vine was a thing and then it just like went away and then it yeah. was planted by TikTok, And now literally every platform is like, we're just like TikTok, you know? Right. 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 YouTube has shorts and like Instagram has reels and stuff. And, uh, and most of the time they're just TikTok footage that are yeah. appropriate for those sites. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so like, you know, uh, that stuff happens so quickly and the people who are the decision makers at publishers, you know, that's not their priority, right? Like their right. priority is printing books and, you know, the comics direct market, what the stores need and all that stuff. And then a lot of times these companies just don't hire people who are either, you know, super on top of that stuff, or they're kind of not allowed to be because they're a small yeah. department. They don't have enough resources you know, it might just be one or two people and it's like, they have to do everything. So mm-hmm, sometimes right. I think it just comes down to like not enough time in the day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That just, I think there's just, like you said, interest, you know, it's yeah. not viewed as a priority, but I just look at it as it's like the easiest and most consumable aspect of like PR for hundred percent any, especially any kind of like visual medium, what, yeah. you know, even like music, right? Like what is it? YouTube gets more, I think, more clicks on. It's the only place people watch music videos anymore. Right. Right. Oh, but you'll sure. see some of these music videos will have 29 million views, which you're like, what? That means there's people watching this like over and over again. Oh, yeah. Right? And um, I mean, I, I can't, the only company I've seen really kind of make a play at it, and I haven't seen them do it that much, was DC occasionally for like a couple of their events they did a really cool batman one with uh i think it was greg capullo's yeah yeah had that cool the, with the that lantern, lantern with the joker head in it yeah yeah that was i awesome. sent that i sent that to a buddy of mine that's what he does he does like um he's like an after effects after guru effects. Who, yeah yeah and he's like you know out of the la and so he does like you know f- basically like f- post post film stuff right and i sent it to him and he's like is this he's like are all the companies doing this and i go no this is kind of like a rare thing and he's yeah. like this would be really easy to do it really easy. He's like, we could do something like this. If you ever got something you want to do it for, just let me know. And I was like, Oh God, I know when to watch it, but yeah, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, my best friend has a, uh, his own like digital marketing, you know, business. It's, you know, and like he's been extolling the virtues of YouTube to me for, you know, probably two years at this point Mm -hmm. telling me like, look, man, if you, you know, if, record yourself drawing record yourself making your action figures yeah that shit up you know monetize your channel once you get to you know a thousand subscribers like you start to get revenue based on that and then you know you're essentially just kind of vertically integrating and making your own platform you know so it's like you don't even need the publishers as much anymore once you get to a certain point where it's like you have your own audience and whatnot um and i finally took him up on it and you know I, I just put up a video. I only have I mean, I think like 14, 15 videos on my channel. I'm just starting to kind of go off with it. And yeah. like I did a, a, I took the McFarlane, the Batman figure and customized it. Right. I actually watched I that saw video. That, yeah. It was, it was oh, great. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. And I, you know, I've been doing this stuff for a couple of years now, but it's like, I finally just got a little mount for my camera and, you know, just said, screw it. Let me do it. And it's already at like 3,500 views in like four days. Wow. And oh, wow. And I mean, look, most of that is obviously because the Batman is the big movie right now. It's in the zeitgeist. And that was certainly, I did that on purpose, that, right? That definitely helps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It's very, yeah, that's what uh, my wife gets on me 
because I don't do that. I always am like, oh, something's popular. I will go the opposite direction. I know. And she's like, why? I'm the same way. And I don't, <sighs> you know, but the yeah. thing is what I, what I did is I was like, I'm going to put the trailer for my book that I made in the video. So hopefully then people will watch that and then go, oh, I came for this Batman thing, but you know, yeah. yeah. So yeah, man, I'm just trying to, and, and I think, you know, to, to the larger point that we're talking about, like, I, I think, we just all have to do that stuff, right? We all have to find different ways of, of getting our work out there. Cause at this point I've, I've dabbled at the big two, you know, I did like a, a couple of, you know, vertigo books. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I haven't really had like a, like a, you know, run on any characters or anything. It's all been one shots and things like that. So, uh, well, dude, you're, I salute you. You're way ahead of me. Oh, uh, thank you, man. I've worked for everybody, but the big two. <laughs> well, you know, the thing about that is that like, I think, I think we all have stuff we want to be doing. Right. And I think yeah. you're doing the work you want to do. I'm doing the work I want to do. And then you got to You got to <laughs> do the stuff that's like, it's kind of like, uh, I think there's a, like a Ben Affleck thing where he's like, I do one for me, one for them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. so you, you kind of have to do that to get, I mean, look at, you know, uh, Bendis Kirkman, like all these, you know, fraction Brubaker, all these guys cut their teeth on big two stuff. And then right. when they do their creator own stuff, it just, you know, they've got an audience now right. that follows them because they did X-Men or Spider-Man or whatever. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah. I think that's one of the biggest, it seems like as a creator, especially if you're like yourself, where like you want to be creating, like you want to be at the helm of your own kind of vessel, you know, um, you kind of have to, it's, it's smart to be in the business of yourself of working on, say like, if you get the opportunity to like work on Spider-Man, work on X-Men, it might not be your dream job. Maybe it is. I don't know. But it allows you to have that pull where like you can do a book over an image and then it might say like, I look at like Daniel Warren Johnson right now mm-hmm. and he's in like kind of that like perfect zone where, oh, absolutely. you know, yeah. he's just doing his own thing. And I think he's just only going to have to do his own thing after doing, you know, he did, you know, his better Ray bill thing. He did his wonder, wonder woman thing. And, yep. and that kind of took him to the next level, like extremity kind of got him on like, I think people's radar, but then he did that Marvel and DC projects and now it's like yeah have fun man do whatever you want yeah stuff's awesome yeah and i mean like beta ray bill he did because he loves that character and and that's what he wanted to do like that wasn't like marvel came to him and said like you know what do you think about beta ray bill and he was like i guess i could figure something out like that was that was basically them saying what do you want to do and he goes this you know um yeah that's i mean that's the dream right for yeah okay let me ask if if marvel if one one of the big two came to you we'll just say the the big boys because let's see i already know his answer but go ahead continue (laughs) they're 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 like you know they're the the big dogs on the on the block um is there like a b or c list character you would pick to be like just that you know they'd be like oh yeah we're not doing anything with that guy go nuts that's a good question i don't know i mean i i tend to come up with ideas once like it's sort of put to me like, Hey, you got anything for this? Yeah. You know, um, I have one, but I'll, I'll, yeah. What's I, yours? I've, okay. I've said it before. All right. I think you'll love this. Brian, Brian geeked out big time. All right. Okay. Do you know, you know, alpha flight, right? Yeah. Okay. You've got Sasquatch on there. And in the past, they've, he's like some kind of doctor, but they've dabbled in the fact that he's got doctorates in other areas. Well, I always thought it would be cool if they did something where like, um, Canada and the U.S. have set up some kind of like uh, almost like little green zone where when superhero supervillains are done, 
they're just like, that's it. I want out. But because of like all the things they've done, whether they're good or bad guys, they can't really be public characters, right? Because they're like, they're infamous or they're, they're famous to a degree where they just, they have to be out of the public eye. So there's a town that is set up for them to basically kind of like retire. And then you put, (laughs) He's one of the guys that's in charge of it because he's kind of like Hulk esque, but he's yeah. so you could have him working almost like where he's kind of like a uh, not I want to not almost like a counselor, but also like maybe like, like a psychologist kind of thing. Yeah, and yeah. so that he has to work with him, and then you could do like side stories where like I had this great idea where like Rhino, right? He's this character that they've hinted that there's more to him, but he becomes like this. He's there at the town, and maybe something he's just wants to be left alone but then something happens and he somehow like the the town becomes public and then he becomes almost like a hero and so then you have like you know all the different like uh media sources the reporting like oh you know, rhino is this terrible monster all so he becomes like you get the like media cycle that's debating on he's getting all he wants to do is just be a normal guy he just happened to be in the situation and he just did the right thing like you know help somebody and without really meaning to just being yeah. a normal person and then you have like the dilemma of like hero villain but then also like you've got you know and they could escalate i like that too yeah. because then you could like the avengers show up you know because they're like nah man you gotta you gotta go and then it almost turns into oh wait the avengers are the bad guys now yeah because yeah. these guys are just trying to retire and 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 do whatever uh, you, yeah. you had me at like i love stories where it's like they're just trying to live their life and not be who they were anymore and then like something brings them back you know yeah it's like good or bad and it's like but, but they you have could, to contend with that you know you you could really like it'd be a great way of highlighting all these like kind of like throwaway characters like a stilt man or something yeah. um or whatever but then also like humanize them and actually give a little bit of like backstory to them and like motivation yeah um you know like rhino i think his backstory was like his his mom had was really sick or something so he was always just like needing money for you know to pay for like medication and everything which is like you could really get into that i don't know you could do all oh, kinds yeah. of fun stuff um and then you could have like even like a superhero super villain like start running amok getting out of line and then that's when you'd bring it that's why you'd have like a the doctor would be this like hulk s character because when he has to he could get go into like kind of hulk mode and lay down the law so you could get some action you have to have action it's superheroes yeah yeah but um yeah I always so, you, that- so what you're telling me is you really want to deconstruct uh <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> I always just want to do a role, almost like a role reversal. With yeah. I just would want to humanize the characters so they're not good or bad; they're just people, and then put them in a precarious situation. Like maybe the scrolls show up. I don't know something. No, I think that's dope, where man. they where they would have to like choose how they wanted to react. You know, some people revert back to their old ways. Some people would even, you know, like think they're got perceived good guys. Yeah, like you could have like a U.S. agent, right? Who's a good guy? Like he's always a good guy, but what kind of a piece of garbage when you look at like how he conducted himself, you know, he's always like, you know, that eh, just beat him up, beat the guy to death, you know, that kind right. of stuff. Now all of a sudden he's kind of like a villain, you know, depending on how he reacts to the situation. I don't know. Something like, I always thought that would be a cool concept. No, but- it sounds like super fertile ground. Like, and I think, man, I, yeah, it would be awesome if, if we all got that thing where it's like, yeah, <laughs> do, do, do the one you wanted to, you know, and just like, just let me draw Sasquatch. Yeah, that's what I wanted to yeah. do. That's what I said. <laughs> give, me, give me some alpha flight that's, and give me like something that's good. That would be yeah. fun. 
Yeah, um, I, I, I tend to like, I mean, there's, I think I have a Superman thing in me that like I could pretty much fire off at any time given. Oh, yeah. There's not a B or C list, obviously, but like, no, I love Superman. Um, oh, I didn't but, know that Superman's your guy. Yeah, oh, that's it's the whole reason I got into comics in general. Just like loving did, Superman growing up. How did I not know this? We talked about this last time. Uh, now, was that because we're of the same age? So did, was that like when the whole death of Superman was going on? Because that was kind of my big introduction to soups. I actually didn't like that because I didn't like the idea of Superman dying and I didn't like that he had long hair and I didn't like that there were all these like other Supermen that weren't Superman, you know, the impost- like, yeah. yeah, yeah, I was intrigued by it, but I was like, well, I guess I like the eradicator one. Cause he looks the most like Superman, you know? Yeah. Um, I like yeah. the, I did like the Terminator one. I oh yeah. That was Cyborg. Cool. yeah. Cyborg Superman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, now I think it's cool, obviously, but back then yeah. as a little kid, I was like, what? Cause I, I, I grew up watching the Christopher Reeve movies. Like, right. I mean, like everybody, but here's where I'm different. I think Superman four is the best one. <laughs> is that the, that's the quest that for the peace. one quest for peace with nuclear man. And you know. I'm with you when yeah. I was a kid, that was my, cause I'm like, yep. finally we get a villain that's on the same page. Like it's actually like a physical threat. We got real Superman fights. Yeah, like maybe, I don't know if it holds up, but it does. And here's why, because number one, you have a really interesting uh, dynamic where, you know, the movie starts and Clark is like selling the family farm, right? Like he meets with That's like right. a real estate agent. Actually, before that, it starts with cosmonauts in space, right? And yeah. one of the one of the you know Russian astronauts gets knocked out of you know off the craft or whatever, and Superman saves him and then like speaks Russian to him. This movie came out in 1988, right? Now, at the time, height of the Cold War, the movie's about the arms race, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, so here you have opening scene superman speaking russian to the big bad russians right like as far as the u.s media was concerned like instantly telling you that this is a superman for everybody right yeah and i just think that's like so important to the character and it never gets talked about you know that doesn't yeah. i've never heard anybody talk about that, that that's oh actually, i go deep bro that uh, might be, <laughs> yeah that might be the probably the most important aspect of superman is yeah that he isn't just the american dream he's like kind of the world dream right and and then you have him, you know, with the farm, like talking to the real estate guy. And so he's contending with selling it. And then he has the last Kryptonian crystal. Right. And it's like, you know, once this is gone, your, you know, Kryptonian link will be severed, blah, blah, blah. Right. <laughs> so then he gets the Daily Planet and it gets bought out by like a National Enquirer type of rag. Right. Yeah. So, so he's dealing with like letting go of his childhood home, letting go of his ancestral home. And then now his work home is like in this phase yeah. of change, right? Uh, in comes the smoking hot Lacey Warfield played by, uh, uh, Oh God, I'm blanking on her. The actress's name now, but you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I can picture her. Yeah. And she likes Clark Kent, right? Yeah. So lo- the whole time Lois can't give a shit about Clark, but loves Superman. Here's a woman who actually likes Clark and it's not, he's not as bumbling of a Muriel Hemingway. That's her name. He's yeah. not as bumbling of a Clark Kent in this one. He's like more of a normal guy who's just a little bit like reserved. And I like that because when his hair is totally, you know, slicked down, he, oh, oh, geez, Wallace, you know, it's like, come on, bro. This is like yeah. a caricature, you know? Yeah. Um, what so are you doing, a, Clark? Come on. Exactly. Like you're lying to everybody. Like be you, man. That Superman says like, I'll never lie. You, but then you lying, also you know? look like a linebacker in a, in a, a thousand dollar suit, man. Yeah. Like, you're not fooling many people. And so, you know, uh, there's the interesting love triangle. Lois loves Superman. 
super, or Clark loves Lois. Lacey loves Clark, right? Yeah. And they yeah. go on a little triple date thing or, you know, whatever, double date. Um, and then, uh, you know, you have a formidable villain, like you said. You've got a, a scene where uh, he speaks, like Superman addresses the United Nations, which is yeah. like, I get chills watching it to this day every time, right? Yeah. Um, I'm watching it tonight. It's on HBO Max. You got to, man. He's just, it's like the most Superman movie of any of them. You know, I think even more than the first one, like it, it's like a real world problem that Superman would have to deal with now. Yes, it was a Canon movie. The, the budget was slashed. They reuse a lot of footage of him just flying toward the camera. Yeah. Whatever. You know, fucking four, five year old me didn't care, you know, that's right. And then you had him doing things that, you wanted to see Superman do, which was yes. like catch giant, um, you know, rockets that are, you know, yep. breaking the atmospheric barriers yep. and then tossing them into the sun. Into That's the so sun, crazy. Dude. Uh, yeah. There's, there's a really dope fight scene between him and uh, nuclear man on the moon. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Cause awesome. didn't, um, who was, is it Superman who gets pounded yeah, he, like, into the dirt? Him into the dirt. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, then he's he, kind of out of it until the sun hits him again, right? Yeah, and he he bursts out, and he climbs up, and he's about to take off, but he realizes that the American flag has been like tilted, so he writes it, and yeah. then he flies away. I'm like, this is this is my shit. This is Superman, you know. Lex Luthor is in a penthouse where he should be, and not like in a fucking sewer lair. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, so Lex and Luthor, it doesn't. Let's be honest, Gene Hackman. I mean, like, you're never going to get a better Lex Luthor than that. I know he's a little goofy, but he, they all, he, he's so arrogant and fast. I love I love him. And uh, he's, he's way more maniacal in four, which yeah. I like. You know, he actually is, like, kind of scary. Like, you know, when he yeah. tells him, destroy Superman, you know? And uh, and then his, you know, creation of Nuclear Man kind of gets his uh, mind of his own. And, yeah, yeah. it's a, that's my, that's my, that's my thesis on Superman how does I can't remember how does he beat Nuclear Man? I cannot never remember. He puts him into an elevator where he doesn't have access to the sun because once he's like shielded from the sun, like even just standing in a shadow, he just like powers down. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so he that's puts right. him in an elevator and then like pulls it out by the cables and then drops it into a nuclear reactor. That's right. Effectively killing the bad guy. Like I mean, spoilers, movie, guys. Right? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Well, I mean, the movie's been out for um, 30 years. 35 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you this then. Who would win? Nuclear Man or Zod? I mean. The original Zod. Like, oh. the new Zod was great. But the original Zod, he had the British accent. He's fucking just like so like yeah. Shakespearean. He was amazing. Why do you say such things? when you know oh. I will kill you for it. Yeah. <laughs> I love the way they say like Krypton. You know? Krypton. Yeah. Dude, my uh my dad could do a perfect Zod impression when I was a kid, and he yeah. would always say the Zod lines. Oh, I bet and you like, make him do it over and over again, right? N- no, I, it was more because <laughs> it was more of like, oh, I will kill you now. Yeah. You know, like stuff like that. <laughs> and we're like, oh, oh, oh God. I think Nuclear Man would probably take him because I mean he almost downed Superman and you know, yeah, those, Superman yep. beats odd, right? So that's true. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nuclear Man had those uh, talons of the Man Tiger. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> press on nails. You know, yeah. Yeah. They come out. <laughs> that was the best part. I love I, that part. I remember though, as a kid, thinking like, "Wait, so how he was like? You see him as this like nuclear fetus growing in space, like you know, in real time, and then yeah, he just fully formed and has like a suit on." 
True. Like, how does he have an outfit like with a logo? <laughs> Well, <laughs> I guess comic books. Could, yeah, I mean, like, how does Superman's suit not? How is his cape not frayed from right. just well, it's, like it's Kryptonian material? So, yeah. oh, oh, yep. oh, yep. I'm getting schooled. Easily <laughs> explained. Easily explained. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, comic books. Yeah. I got. I mean, right? It was you know, yeah, eighties. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen those movies in such a long time. Now, which one was? Out of the Christopher Reeves flicks, which one was your least favorite? I I never watched three as a kid. Like we just is that like, the one with Richard on. Richard Pryor? Yeah, I mean yeah. I saw it I saw it a handful of times, but like two and three always bled together for me. Like I could never mm. remember which scenes were from which. You know, like because um, I remember him being in Smallville with Lana and that whole Thresher scene and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then like, you know, drunk evil Superman. Oh, that. yeah, <laughs> I do. I did like that, which I ne- I still I haven't seen in a long time, but I don't really understand why he like bought himself. <laughs> yeah. Like he's or yeah, like split into two people. Yeah, I, didn't, I don't it's like a weird. It's but that it, old him, movie logic. You know? Yeah. Him drunk was great, though, where he's got like the five o'clock shadow and he's like flicking peanuts at the mirror and breaking <laughs> it and stuff at the bar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which one was it where he loses, where he has his powers taken? Was that two? Um, that was two. two. Yeah. yeah. And then he, then he gets beat up by um, the the trucker the at trucker the diner. Guy. Yep. Yeah. Which I didn't like that either as a kid. I was like, I don't want him to lose his well, powers, you know? It was like watching your dad get beat up too. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. like one of those like, no. <laughs> yeah. The Superman flicks, they were... Um, they were great. Yeah, I don't think I watched the Richard Pryor one very often either. I don't even remember what like the big. I he think was I've like seen a scientist. It once. Yeah, he was making he was, some. He was like a a computer guy, and he like, ha, you know, he did that Office Space thing that they reference in Office Space, where like it's like in Superman three, where he found a way to round fractions of a, a penny into his oh. own account, and then he just it made him like a millionaire. Yeah. Um, and I, but I don't remember what he's doing in Smallville or any of that. That, that of sounds it. more like a job for Clark Kent, the accountant, than um, right. Superman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. other thing I like about Four is I, I think uh, his performance as Superman. Like, first of all, he doesn't have the '70s haircut anymore. Like, it's a little bit more yeah. modern looking, you know. Yeah. Um, and he just uh, he he. It's like he feels more lived in as the character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we, there's no like cellophane S, you know, no fruit roll up coming <laughs> off his chest. Dude. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, take this. Uh, yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> they should have just had the what? I can't remember the the big guy, uh, the big Kryptonian. Oh, non, yeah. They should have just had non eat it. Like, eat it. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's so delicious. Mm, fruit by the foot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um. So let me ask you this, because there's word on the street. There was a rumor back in the '90s. There's even test footage floating around. I'm sure as a Superman fanatic, you've seen it. Oh yeah, it's, it's gorgeous and beautiful in so many Nick ways. Cage, yeah, you know, Cage is—he's uh, free of all of his debts. He's hitting new highs with his new film. I guess it's just killing on the festival circuit. Nice. And so the talks have begun. He might come back for Are some weird off-the-wall one of those uh, flash Michael Keaton probably cameo thing. It did get delayed another year. Maybe they're adding in Nick Cage. Yeah, they're saying they might do something with the the quote unquote Tim Burton Superman just because there is so much like it's become like almost like a Hollywood legend now at this yep. point. You Did know? you watch that that documentary by the late great um, 
Oh God, I'm blanking on the guy's name now. I keep doing that. About that movie, right? Yeah. I think I've seen clips of it. I haven't seen the whole documentary. It's fascinating. And it honestly looked like it would have been a really cool movie. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I mean, it looked like they were taking a really, I guess, I want to say almost like existential approach, the concept of well, Superman. You see the um, the concept art with the weird looking suits and all this yeah. stuff. And it looks wacky as hell. But when you actually hear what John Schnepp, that was the guy's name, um, wh- who made the movie. When, when you see what the story actually like would have been, it's yeah. pretty coherent. Like it seems right. It mm-hmm. seems like that would have been dope, and I would have loved to have seen that. So, yeah. yeah. Well, they um, they uh, they were originally going to make a George Miller was going to do a Justice League movie in right. uh, what two thousand eight, right before the writer strike killed the movie. Yeah, yeah. that would have been interesting. Yeah, they already had like uh, sets built, costumes done, uh, all ready to go. Oh. Yeah, because in my opinion, Miller doesn't made a bad movie. Babe, pig in the city, right? Fuck, <laughs> give it all the awards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Happy feet, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Isn't it wild that that's the same guy who made the Mad Max? That is, I, that is that is insane. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, and he has no like formal training. I think he was like working as a dentist, and then when he made the first one, the the very first Mad Max movie, uh, he just got a bunch of money from other dentists that he knew like you know That's like awesome. hey you want to be a producer on and then they made that film that ended up like like the first movie is like i guess for like an indie kind of like 70s flick it's pretty good but then uh, i mean the characters and the actors are are great but then like you know what came after you're like geez like yeah come on man yeah. those are crazy and fury road too i mean it's like okay oh. he made those back in the day but then to come back and do a contemporary take on it like yep and now yeah, they're doing a Furiosa. They're doing yeah. a Furiosa movie now. Yeah, I, I heard that got canceled. They're still doing that. Did it get canceled? I don't fucking know. Oh, I don't. Yeah, could I don't. be. Are, are you a big movie guy? I mean, I know obviously Superman and stuff, but I do stick to the to the flicks pretty you close. Know, I, yeah, I, I watch. I love man. I love movies. Yeah, and I try to. I try to. I think my because of that, my my graphic novels have like a kind of a cinematic sensibility in that way like i try mm-hmm. to structure them yeah almost like a movie so that because you know you figure 120 pages of story you know it's kind of like 120 minutes yep of a movie yeah. right so it's kind of like it's a it's an analogous experience in a lot of ways and so i like to try to uh bring that same kind of feeling of like you just sat down and watched a movie that you enjoyed you know yeah yeah i i was trying to think the other day of like why what was probably the biggest influence for me to get into comics and I, or at least or, or try to get into the comics when I was younger. And uh, I don't think it was because of comics themselves. I think it was probably because of film just cause yeah. I grew up like just, that was what we did. We just watched a ton of movies when yeah. I was a kid. Yep. Same. And it's a way to tell your own stories, especially if yeah. you're, you know, an artist, obviously like, uh, and so, yeah, for me, it was a very natural like progression to go from that, you know yeah love and hobby or whatever to to trying to bring it into comics for sure is that something you'd ever want to do is make that crossover and do like you know you know like say they they want to do an adaptation of count or something um and they're like dude you you you, obviously we're gonna make you producer because you created the whole thing but you want to be involved in the creative process like storyboards would that be something you'd want to do yeah definitely i mean i think uh I think I wonder what it's like with 
when you adapt a comic and if you keep it pretty pretty close to the source material like if that just serves as the storyboards you know like, yeah you would think right yeah I but i don't know but yeah, yeah i mean i you know i just love comics man and i think ideally my stuff would get made into movies and they would pay me and then i could just keep making comics yeah. like you know yeah. in a way that's like not as um i mean i have a lot of freedom with humanoids which is great like they've they've pretty much let me do whatever i wanted in terms of like they seem yeah. like an awesome company they really do yeah yeah and i mean mark wade you know like he's just he's he's been so good to me and such a like champion of my work there and like you know um just just being able to to have his eyes on stuff that i do and you yeah. know make it better by saying oh you know we really i think this really needs a scene where we you know see the bad guy again and blah 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 and, you know it's like it's the it's the exact opposite of, of being like, Oh, this, they're trying to put their fingers in my work. It's like, thank you for right. making it better. Yeah. Mark Wade, you know? <laughs> and like yeah. Rob Levin, the editor that I worked with on these books, like, um, I mean, he's just, you know, retroactive is like a, it's a, it's a time travel thing and that can get screwy, you know? And like Rob really helped me keep it, you know, watertight so that it wasn't like big logic holes or leaps or anything, you know? Yeah. Well, I, you know, Mark Wade wrote one of my favorite uh, Justice League books of all time, uh, Tower of Babel. Mm-hmm. So that was that's definitely yeah. I mean, th- that might be my favorite, if not you know one of my top fives. Yeah, uh, Kingdom Come for me was I mean, oh yeah. Ross's work is the whole reason I got into comics because really I was yeah I was always into like realistic art as a kid. Like I always loved really you know. Like if I were to draw Mighty Mouse, yeah. I would draw like a actual, or you know, as close as I could at that age, an actual mouse with like his outfit on. You mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. So when when Smallville came out, oh snap! Is oh, that he's... is that one of those Tad's holding up this incredible framed Alex Ross uh, Captain America? Yeah, the I, I origin double page spread. That's yeah, sick, I just dude. got it framed the other day. Is that one of those like Gclay uh, prints that that they I do don't... limited runs of or something? I don't know. Someone got it. For, I think my wife or my sister got it for me like years ago. And then um, I, we just, I, I, you know, I was one of those, I was looking it up and it's like, you can't find it anywhere. Yeah. So I was like, I better and that's get like, like a nice pr- like frame for it. From what I know of his work, that looks like it's one-to-one actual size too. Yeah. Like the, the size yeah. that he works at. That's incredible. Yeah. And I, I don't really buy a lot of like, you know, like superhero stuff, but, mm. and I'm not like the biggest Alex Ross guy, but I was like, this is like this right here. This is what I, it, this is how I want a Captain America movie. So yeah. Bad. yeah. If I'm being honest. Like just the f- inner fan in me is like, God, give me that be- storming the beaches of Normandy, like yeah. saving private Ryan, but caps in there. And it's like all black and white and just horribly gory. And it'd be amazing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I saw, I got a book, uh, you know, Smallville came on the air when I was in high school and yep. it like reignited my interest in Superman because I just, you know, kind of moved away from it for a while. Um, and somebody gave me a, a book that was the complete history of Superman. And the the dust jacket was like old Siegel and Schuster era mm-hmm. illustrations. And then you you pull the dust jacket off and it's the same images but painted by Alex Ross. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I was just like, and then it had some art from that piece on earth, you know, the Paul Dini oversized, uh, yeah. did with Paul Dini. And I was just like, you can do this. 
like you can make them look like real people in a, in yeah. artwork like this. Like I was blown away. So that sent me down the rabbit hole. And so kingdom come was an early find in my, you know, getting into comics again thing. Um, and so, yeah, being able to work with Mark Wade on stuff is like, I bet that's awesome. Yeah. 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 I loved, I think he's probably written probably some of the best, uh, cause obviously I'm a cap guy. That's like my, yeah. I don't really read a lot of characters, but Cap, I'll read. I'll yeah. sit down and read Cap books. But I loved his, like when he worked with Ron Garney back in like, I think it was like 98. Yeah. And then they ended up doing stuff all through like the, I think the early 2000s. Um, I loved all of their, they're just, they're very like grounded Cap stories as crazy as they got. They always seem just really like he, they did one run that was like Man Without a Country. And yeah. essentially it was where like Cap kind of gets like exiled. And he's like down in like Puerto Rico and he's trying to find ways to like get back to being kind of Captain America. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and he's working with like ex, like I guess CIA, like shield agents and stuff like Sharon Carter at the time. And yeah, and they're, yeah oh, it was just it was really cool. It was one of those where it's like it was it was really different, but it seemed really logical, like all the storytelling. I just reread all of it and it was like, oh, man, it still holds up really well. I got to I got to dive into that because I've I've, you know read like an issue to here or there but it's yeah. that's a that's a blind spot in my uh reading history but yeah that's the cool thing about mark wade like you mentioned him and any comics readers like there's a run that he did yes so, yeah like, that's you know like one I mean? of your favorites yeah. yeah yeah so um are you going to be doing not to like shift gears but are you going to be doing a lot more of these it seems like you've been doing i'm seeing more and more of the custom figure type stuff for me that you're posting on like yeah. online and everything Let's talk figures like, and people are really responding to that really well. I mean, it sounds like you got a lot, quite a few views on the YouTube, but uh, like, is that something you're going to start steering more into? Well, you know, for the last probably two plus years, I've been really into it. Like I got, I got super deep into it. And then actually for probably about six months, I I was just being busy with work. I didn't really have time to work on any of them, but yeah. you know, I'm sure you can relate to this when, when drawing was your hobby and then it becomes your job, like, you kind of are like, well, what am I going to do if I ever have time to myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so, yeah, because you still want to be creative, but like sometimes the last thing you want to do is draw some more or you yeah. want to draw for yourself, but you're like, the thing I would want to do would be like a painting. And I don't have time to start that. Cause it's going to sit on my desk for a year, you know? Yeah. So I got into doing these figures and it's just been like a really nice creative outlet that isn't more drawing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's been nice to have a thing to kind of look forward to. Cause you know, after a while, it just kind of becomes like your whole day is just like, well, I guess I'll just keep drawing until midnight. Cause like, what else am I going to do? You know? So yeah, it's been, I nice think to it's have good a thing again. Yeah. It's good to have like other hobbies that are outside your work, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, what, uh, what, what figures do you have coming up the pipe that you want to, uh, do customs on? So I, I'm doing, I've been, you know, feeling the Batman vibes. Cause yeah. You know, I still haven't seen the new movie yet, but it's coming out on HBO in like two weeks. So. Yep. Oh, it, oh, is it really? I haven't seen it either. I haven't seen anything. I still yeah, haven't yeah. even seen the new Spider-Man movie. I, I watched that on my birthday recently because I was like, it's my birthday and it just hit yeah. VOD. So let me let me do the twenty dollars. We just we just bought it for 20 bucks for for my seven year old. So, yeah. Would would you think? Did you like it? Was it was fun. Yeah, it yeah. was fun. I mean, you know whenever you talk about marvel movies you get people oh so they're so ooh. and it's like it's like it's like mcdonald's you know yeah. you don't it's yeah. not 
it's like everyone it's delicious it hits the spot it like does what you want it to do and then you can yeah. go back to eating your fancy meals when you want you know like, yeah yeah scorsese like yeah. come on relax man so yeah it was super enjoyable my wife liked it and she's not really into this stuff you know? i don't think i could even get my wife to watch it if i'm being honest yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, we watched Moon Knight. Uh, oh, yes. I've been waiting All right. to ask you about Rye it. Rye has been waiting. Yeah, let's get into it. Because uh, I know it, that you worked on Moon Knight. Um, so what did you think? I Well, so I, I had the, I did like a Moon Knight one shot. Yeah. It was like, you know, 30 pages. It was like an oversized annual thing. And it was kind of all over the place. Like it jumped through time and all these different avatars of Conchu, different Moon Knights and stuff. Um so I kind of got a crash course. I mean, I had read Moon Knight stuff. Actually, one of my favorite collections is um, Moon Knight's uh, Spirit of Vengeance or something. Mm. It's written by Greg Hurwitz, drawn by Jerome Pena. And it's this okay. really great, like, like you know, six-issue story that just, it reads like an action movie. It's, it's okay. fucking awesome. See, I don't know anything about Moon Knight before going into the show, so. Okay. Yeah, so, I, you know, between that and, and then the, you know, the primer I got on, like, a lot of the historical stuff of the character that I wasn't aware of doing that issue. I, I really got, I was like, Moon Knight's fucking awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 And so, um, but you know, I don't, I've never read like the, the seminal runs on it, right? Like the Sienkiewicz yeah. stuff and like the origin and whatnot. So I was going into that fairly fresh, mm-hmm. you know, other than just kind of a general understanding. And man, that was a fun hour of TV. Right I enjoyed there. it. Yeah, yeah. Same here. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I, I took, about this uh because I, I had a couple pages left from the issue i did for sale so i you know tweeted them out and then i realized i was like i think i'm the only egyptian who's ever worked on moon Knight. oh and, really yeah <laughs> and, well, and marvel then, come on yeah well i gotta say man marvel like uh, okay I'll, I'll get into a a bit of a, a side thing here but yes this is please. Like kind of a <laughs> yeah i was i was thinking of and you know uh so I, I drew a couple issues of Dr. Fate as well. And it was like the new younger Dr. Fate who is actually like half Egyptian. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. As am I. And they didn't know that when they hired me for it. Like it was just like, you know, the editor, Andy Curry at the time uh, and the, the editor on the book at the time told me he laid like five artists in front of Jim Lee and I was one of them. And Jim Lee went, uh, that one. Right. So it had nothing to do with my ethnicity, you know, cause I was like, I was kind of wondering like, is it Egyptian, you know? yeah, yeah. But, so it's nice to know it was just on purely on what it looked like and and how my work fit in with the main series artist. That's great. Um, thank you. But yeah, and so this this guy, a local guy who's half Palestinian, uh, he was joking with me on Twitter, like, "Yeah, you've done Fate and uh, Moon Knight. You know, now all you got to do is Shazam and Hawkman, and you'll have like all of the Egyptian themed uh, oh, stuff cool. under your belt." You know, yeah. And, I, and that kind of inspired this little Twitter thread out of me that I had sort of been thinking about for a while, but didn't really have a way to articulate until like he said that. And then it just kind of like fell out of my thumbs and yeah. Yeah. But you know, I, I do wonder like if some publishers have a, a, like a, a fear of printing names with like, or printing books with like a very ethnic middle Eastern Arabic name on the cover, you know? Yeah. Um, You think so? I don't, well, and let me, let me tell you why, because, and, and I don't know for sure. I mean, it's just kind of like, it's sort of yeah, a no. of elimination I, thing, right? Cause yeah. the last thing I want to do is be like, I don't get work because of X, Y, Z. I'm very happy with my career. I'm making the stuff I want to make, you know? Sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, I'm not out here complaining. Like, 
you know, no, but this is an interesting topic. Like this is yeah. the stuff that like, I think people sometimes think about, but nobody really talks about, you right. know? Yeah. yeah. And, and I was thinking about it. Cause like, you know, I was getting work at DC for a while and then like, I just don't really hear from them anymore. I've had a couple, you know, I did a Superman red and blue thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that was cause somebody else dropped out of it and it was like a crypto centric story. And the editor was like the editor who's a friend of mine, like personally, like he used to live in Portland, you know, we, we socialized, you know, he'd been to my place and stuff. And yeah. Um, and then he ended up working at DC and he was really looking out for me when he first got there and, you know, gave me vertigo gigs and stuff. And, um, <clears throat> and he knows that I love Superman and, you know, he's here, he is editing this book. And I was thinking like, Oh man, it'd be cool to work on that. But I didn't, I didn't want to seem like I was exploiting our, relationship and i was also busy right. and didn't really have to right know. dude then, exploit it he's your buddy yeah, exploit sure. it <laughs> that's how this industry works let's be honest come well, on well yeah very true right <laughs> and then he reached out to me about it uh because i had i had done this i was doing this thing called cryptober during you know october i was just doing little superman drawings that were like you know three by five or whatever i'm i'm gonna be honest i missed that because at that time i wasn't even doing social media oh, i've been no worries man i'm sorry i, only did like I five saw it of them. i saw it yeah, i you did I, only five. You just I petered out. You know how you get busy and you're like, well, <laughs> yeah. best intention, best laid plans, right? It's like when they used to do Inktober. I'd always be like, oh man, I'd have a list. Like this is what I'm yep. gonna do. That's and exactly. Then, what it was. I get like two in, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm not even putting these out. Yeah, but I Anyways. had done. I had done one of, of Superman playing fetch with crypto on the moon, right? I love okay. that one. And so that was a great one. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, and so he he was like, hey, we have a crypto story. Uh, Dustin Wynn can't do it. Like he was, <laughs> I guess he was the guy they hired for. And, Jeez. You know, he was busy. And he was like, so, you know, and he, he pasted that image and was like, this would be, you know, like you're, you'd be great for this. I was like, oh, thanks, man. And, you know, part of me was kind of like, I mean, that's great. That's what, that's what you hope for that, you know, something you do catches the eye of Dude, the your name's in the same conversation as Dustin Wynn. Like, again. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, right. Because <laughs> I love his stuff. And, but, you know, at the same time, I was kind of like, well, they were that was in issue five, so they were like super deep into it before anyone reached out to me. A guy who went through the DC talent training program, who's yeah. you know friendly with editors there, who they all they you know have always been like, Yeah, we love working with you and stuff. And I've always hit my deadlines and been pleasant and everything. And so, you know, part of me was kind of like, Well, you know what? Like, screw that, I'm doing my own thing, I'm not going to reach out, you know, like you kind of get that whole thing of like, Man, well, I don't know why I'm not be being invited to the party. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be like, "Hey, can I come?" You yeah, know? <laughs> I've always, I've always been that guy, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. and 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 you know, there's all kinds of factors for it, right? Like, sure, different editors have different stables of people they like to work with, and you know, I mean, there's a there's a million uh, uh, variables, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah. So anyway, I you know, part of me, and and again, Marvel has been really great about giving work, so I'm not looping them into this. Um, but but my, I guess the the thought I had was kind of like. Is that a thing? Like, because I don't think the editors at at these companies are prejudiced individuals by any means. I don't think. No, are, I you know. I think yeah. Like right now, it seems like the trend is like they're trying to be. I think as inclusive as possible. Absolutely. Which I yeah. Completely. Com you know, it's like yes, hundred percent. Yeah, they're yeah. making a real concerted effort to diversify their talent pool, and you know, their, even their even to the even to the point where they've made mistakes along the way that we've seen are oh, you talking uh, about smallwood like, <laughs> uh, yeah i mean i wasn't gonna say that i'll let you say it uh, i mean it was on I, twitter i mean it's not like <laughs> true, true. 
Yeah. Well, but... yeah. I mean, you know, but well, then they have someone like Sean Murphy doing books, and he's like, you know, pretty openly a piece of shit. I think, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. at least yeah. as far as you know, it, you know. Damn it! I have his new book, and now I feel bad. <laughs> hey, man! You know, separating the art from the artist, it's, right? He's not. Dude, he's not done anything like. I'll say this: if it's Batman Beyond, I'm buying it. That's just that's you just know? me. He Look, he's man. a super talented guy. I don't care about how he conducts himself. I don't care for how he conducts himself online. Yeah, in right. any. agreed. And yeah. I think if he hadn't been as talented as he is, um, I don't think he would be as employable as he is. Let's yeah. put it that way. Agreed. Absolutely. That's probably, that's probably I mean, the nicest way I could put it. Yeah, and I, you know, I probably shouldn't come out calling him a piece of shit because I don't know the man, but I just like <laughs> no, do it. You do know it. what? Do it because then he'll fire back, and then the podcast will blow up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's go. Well, but like his, you know, let's he, get a he flirts, going. <laughs> he flirts with the comics gate crowd. He's one of those I don't care who buys my books yeah. type of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And that's bullshit. Like, and that's why he doesn't have any like friends that are colleagues. Like, that's why everyone in the industry is like fuck that guy, except for like a few sycophantic people, probably because sure. like. You know, he's he's separated himself and has always been like, I think I'm above everyone, you know. Yeah, I um I, I not to interject, uh, but I have a a weird Sean Murphy story. I've told it before, but it's been a long oh, time. I think you told me about this where he like he came to the Kubert school and then like he, he came to the, like invited you out to dinner and then like stiffed you with the bill or something. Is that what happened? Well, that was it was kind of, I think, accidental. That part that did happen. Um, I, he ended up buying me dinner later, like that night. It was with drinks oh, he, okay. and I only had like thirty dollars on me and he right. just walked away from the bar and the bartender was like and I, I think he thought that like because I was at the time was working at the school, I think he thought that like I was gonna uh, cover like it's on I, the school thing yeah, yeah yeah i i that that would be my nicest way of putting it but like i when i got the table i was super pissed because i had you know hey let me tell you broke. man i don't go into a single shared meal group type Mm-mm. of situation without figuring out okay who's doing what because i agree i, I want to be that guy you agreed know I mean? right yeah. yeah so i was pissed and i i it, i i got i just was i sat down at the table after paying his bill which was like $48. Cause it was all like, you know, he had like two like whiskey sours, but it was all like top shelf, whatever, you know? Right. And I was like, you're buying me dinner. And he was like, excuse me. <laughs> and he goes, excuse me. I was like, I just had to come to tab and I'm a student. You're buying me fucking dinner. And I said that directly to him and he went, okay, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. See? And that was it. Um, yeah. but I, it was interesting when he was at the school, he was in that like rock star, like, this is what I do. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And then, um, because I had to work, he was doing, he stayed after to do portfolio reviews and, you know, um, and then he, after everything was gone, he waited around for me to finish, to shut down the school and then reviewed my portfolio. That's cool. And I will say at the time as a student, he gave me like really good, positive, like, dude, you're going to be fine. You're, you're on the right path. You know, like but he gave me pointers what I should do, but he was like, it was just one of those, like he gave me a really something that I didn't need. And he hung out like probably an extra 20 minutes waiting for me to close up the school to do it, um, which he didn't have to. Yeah. So it was one of those, like, it's like, but yeah. And then I hear about all the other stuff he's pulled on people and how he's acted around other individuals. And I go like, is that him playing the character of Sean Murphy? Cause I've seen him be himself. And I know that he generally, he can be a, like a really sweet person, but, but then I see him online 
and I well, see. There's a reason he's not online anymore, except for Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, you know. I I think it's. It, I mean, a lot of it sounds to me like textbook narcissist behavior. Sure. You know, I think like, so. and yeah. it might just be that kind of thing. And then and then you get into the debate of like, well, then is is he like, you know, if he's got like a mental health thing, do we are we being unjust in? You know, like criticize. Who he, knows, right? He he was just really when he came in. You could tell he was very uh, like he was making a very strong effort to put off a certain image. Was he wearing and, sunglasses like, he, indoors? No, but he oh. had like custom like leather jacket, and you you know, like he was like everything, even down to like every thread on his body was like meticulously picked out, and the sure. words that he said were very like almost practiced <laughs> i don't know i can't believe we're gonna put this podcast out um but <laughs> yeah, yeah I, when when people were getting mad at him i was kind of like well, like sh- I, w- I was very uh conflicted because it was one of those like i'd had like nice personal interactions with him yeah and then like i you know i'd see some of the stuff he'd post online and stuff and i was like dude you're coming off so douchey stuff like, yeah. stop man like hey. i know you can be a good guy stop i will say i'm glad to hear a good story about I, I think I'm the only one that can tell <laughs> and, a good story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, yeah. Um, it, it was just one of those weird things where it's like, you know what somebody's capable of doing, but then when you see like sure. the bravado and that's all you see, you're like, and it, it makes you wonder <laughs> which is the real and which is the, yeah. Did I get the real or was I getting kind of just like, Oh, it's one-on-one, you know, I don't, I, I yeah, I don't know. Like it was, it was weird. It was just, it's such a strange, he's an interesting fella, but I'll yeah. just, yeah. <laughs> He's, yeah, that knucklehead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. Um, oh, but yeah, so, uh, <laughs> to, yeah, sorry. I, <laughs> I don't want to turn this into too much of like a, you know, gripe sesh or anything. But no, my my kind of theory was like, okay, I'm I'm putting out books that are, I'm getting, you know, they get good reviews. Mm-hmm. I hit my deadline. You know, they say you got to be three things. You got to be easy to work with. You got to be good. You got to be able to hit your deadlines, right? Yep. You gotta, yeah. Or you got to be two of those three things, right? Yeah. I feel like, you know, I hope this doesn't sound douchey, but I feel like I'm at least two of those three things. <laughs> I would like, I would say all three. Well, thank you. Um, well, I don't know. He might blow all of his deadlines. That's true. <laughs> you don't know that. Well, I know you're, you seem like an easy guy to work with and talk to and i you know your art's good so thank you man yeah. and yeah and so you know and i'm at, no my, no i know it's just because he's a nice guy and his deadlines that's it that's where i'm drawing the line hey <laughs> i'll take it i'll take it you know <laughs> i mean i look I, I you know i think i think anyone who knows they're not the best out there is like doing something right you know like <laughs> so oh i hate my stuff it makes me <laughs> right so, i mean I yeah just, uh, I hate it too. No, I'm kidding. I <laughs> I'd agree with you. Yeah. No. no. Anyways, anyways, anyways. But yeah, so uh you know, and I'm I mean, I'm making trailers, I'm out here promoting my stuff, I'm working super hard. I I try to put my colleagues on. Mm-hmm. You know, I try to I I mean, yeah. sometimes I see people who I've re- recommended you know, get through the door and or or people who have not been doing this as long as me, you know, like yeah. are are getting these opportunities and I'm just kind of like I don't, again, I don't want to sound like a guy who's, you know, because it's like a thin line between that and like Comics Gate of like, sure, <laughs> a lot of those guys sure. just wish that they had these jobs and they're not getting them, right? And right. Think it's because, oh, because I'm a white guy or whatever, right? Um, but after a certain point, you kind of go, okay, well, if I'm, if I'm, you know, ticking all these boxes, like, what is it? You know, like, is it a business decision from higher ups going like, well, we have stores in, 
you know, parts of the country that maybe they don't want to buy a book with that name on it. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and look, you know, not for nothing, but I mean, dude, anti, you know, Arabic Muslim sentiment is a real thing in this country. And it has been since at least, you know, the Reagan era Yeah, and has gotten way worse since nine 11. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, definitely. And I mean, like when I was, you know, in the private sector or whatever, like working, you know, non-comics, like regular jobs, I, I, I never got hired if I just submitted a resume blindly with my name on it. I never even got a call back. I had to go into places. Yeah. I had, yeah. To, I know for a fact there was one job that was actually for a comics company, uh, which I will not name, but I, I was like, it was for a sales job. I was working sales before I got into comics. Right. Okay. And they had a sales position open and I applied for it and I never heard back. And then the listing went down. I was like, Oh, they must've hired somebody. Uh, yeah. Like a week later, it was back up. And so I applied again and I, I fit the criteria like to a T. It was almost like they were describing me, right? Like, yeah. uh, you know, the amount of experience, the type of sales, the yeah. you know, uh, ability to travel, this and that. And I never heard back. And then a couple years later, I met the guy just socially, randomly through friends who ended up getting that job. Yeah. And, and you know, and I asked him and it was like, oh, yeah, that was the same time that I applied. And this dude had no experience. Like no, I mean none of the stuff. He was like, "Yeah, no, they just gave me the job." I was like, "Wow." Okay, His name was cool. John Smith. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. close. Yeah. It's close. Yeah. You know, and you know, uh, that's a real. Uh, that is that is an interesting. Um, I'm sure there's something to that. Because um, I'll be honest with you, I a lot of times uh, when I was really pursuing that those that kind of work. Now you're much more. I would say accomplish industry wise than I am. Like you've got a lot more titles under your belt. You know, you've worked for Marvel DC, which I have not, I've been kind of in the B leagues most of my career. And, um, uh, but I have always kind of felt the same, not the same, like, Oh, because of my name, right. but like, I've always felt uh, kind of like an outsider passed over where like it, there was jobs in the industry where, I felt I met the criteria. And then when I would see the people that would get hired, not to knock those artists, but it was one of those where it's like, they weren't quite. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, I know I'm not the best, but I know like I was tailor made for like this, like this is the stuff that I draw well. And I sent in samples and I know I was in the mix of like, like there was a, before I came up to Alaska, there was, um, there was probably like, it happened about twice a year for maybe three years or maybe three times a year where I was up to do like a big six issue, 12 issue thing. And, um, and there was one of those would be down to me and like a couple other guys, you know, like I, I remember one of them was like, um, Oh, who's his, what's his name? Uh, does all the great ink wash heart. Is it hard? Is his last name Harding Harden? I can't remember. It doesn't matter. It was like a plan of the apes thing. Like, uh, you know, that was one example where it was like the guy they ended up going with, it's like way better. So it's like, okay, that, that makes sense. He's way more. But then there was a bunch of other circumstances where, and like, I did have a couple where I had meetings with the, with the editors, you know, because we, I was in Portland. So, you know, right. publishers are there and they straight up told me, it was like, we can't put you on the book because the way the culture is right now, it's going to look bad for the publisher. I had one of those meetings and it was for like, I was recommended by the artist leaving the book. And, uh, you know, she had like personally said, no, I want him to take over. I think he could do a good job. And the publisher was like, at first they were like, yeah, 
you've been recommended by her. You've been giving her the green light. This is going to be big. This is our, you know, this was a big, it was a big book at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then we had to, you know, they're like, Hey, let's take you out to lunch. And then while we're at lunch, you're like, Hey, here's the horrible news. Oh God. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I was in that position. uh, Like that was one of the reasons, like when we moved to Alaska, I wasn't really that I was kind of like good. Like I'm leaving the Mecca of comics. Yeah. I wasn't even upset because, yeah, yeah, because I had been like, I'd had so many opportunities, even like I was even signed to a contract when I moved up to Alaska for like a big graphic novel with a, I'll just say a big publisher. And um, like literally like three days before we leave, they're like, Oh yeah, we're not doing it. And, uh, and it was one of those, like, but I signed the contract. You guys even asked me at one point to sign a, um, an, an exclusive so like like at the time i was doing some work for idw and so they were like well we stopped doing that and i'm like well no i'm not gonna that's say crazy that. that they would yeah. ask you to stop and then be like oh by the way we're not doing this anymore like, yeah and i even you said had done that you know oh, i would have been fucked i would yeah. i would have been on a contract for you know a, i would have been yeah i wouldn't have been able to work for like a year and um so like and i know guys that i've talked to writers and artists that that has happened to them before so um you know, and then just getting like a kill fee, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I think there's probably what you're talking about. Like there is probably some of that where like, you know, cause let's be honest, all the companies, they want to appeal to everybody. They want to maximize their sales, at least the ones that are thinking like that, which, you know, uh, there, there is that, there is that con that construct, like as much as we don't want to admit it. But, um, I think a lot of it is just like, or not a lot of it, but I, I would say probably some of it is just like, dude, there's things you want to do. And like, I just, yeah, man, it's just not in the cards. I, I don't know. Like, I, it sounds like that's, I'm being, no, that's a big part of it for sure. Like, and so you try and, it's, yeah, it's you try luck, and justify right place, yeah. right time, it's, you know? And so, yeah. And I definitely, I put it through that filter too. Cause you never want to be the guy who just like is thinking that like you're owed everything and why isn't it happy, you know? Cause we like, know people that are like that. That's when you go that's full comics gate and you don't want yeah, to go that, full comics yeah. gate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, that becomes like a dangerous slope where you start feeling like, dude, this entire industry is against me or this entire right. world is game. I cannot catch a break. And it's just kind of like, yeah. Okay. You know, like I think like that all I, I was really bad, like probably like four years ago. Cause all that had happened. Like I'd lost out on like these, all these, well, big especially gigs. if it happens like, at once like that too. I mean, that's why, yeah. you know, just like, right after another, right after right. another. And then like the books I did do, like, uh, you know, like one of them didn't get, like, they just didn't release it, you know, like shops were ordering it and the orders weren't getting filled and stuff like that. You know, wow. and that was like a book that I'd been working on for like, you know, hard for like two years to get it out the door. And, um, which is, I can tell you afterwards, that's a, I'm still dealing with that. Um, I think, I think, I, I think we talked probably, about that probably. in our four hour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was just one of those where I was like, what am I doing wrong? Like, why is, is the, does this industry just not want me here? Do they not? And I, and I've wrestled with it and I'm finally at the point where it's like, maybe it's just the universe telling me that like, dude, working for those companies is not what was going to make me happy. Mm-hmm. I need to find another route. Like I actually look at you. I talk about you all the time here at the house. My wife has no idea who you are. <laughs> she knows your name because I'm always like, dude, what he's doing over at Humanoids, that's the model. That's the key. He's writing and creating his own thing. He's got a publisher backing him. He's like, he's putting it out there. He's getting like, it's getting good reviews. He's putting out good, solid books that are his you know, he, you know, I'm sure that you have some kind of deal where like, obviously humanoids is getting a little piece of, of this and that, 
but you know, for the most part, it's yours, you know? Right. And, um, I don't know. I, I look at that and be like, that's, that's what I need to be working towards. Thank you, you know? man. Well, and yeah. it, like I said, it's like the thing where sometimes like you just want to be invited to the party, but maybe you don't want to go to the party, yeah. you know, like, yeah. <laughs> and that's, yeah. that's also kind of a dumb angle. Right. So, no, like, but it's true that like, this is a small industry and even like, even when there is industry parties and you find out everybody's going and you're not right. It's kind yeah. of wonderful. You're like, what did I do wrong? Why did right. nobody tell me about it? Like, well, and you know, ultimately, I mean, it's like I was saying earlier, you have to do that work to get enough eyes onto what it is that you do for yourself. A lot of the time, you know, yeah. not every time. I mean, there are tons of success stories where people, you know, didn't really do that. But also when you're writing and drawing your own stuff, it becomes doubly hard because I don't, you know, for a while I was like, well, let me just try to hitch my wagon to like a really popular writer and then mm-hmm. just, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, what's Tom yeah, King up to? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's like, you know, there's a lot of different avenues to, to make your way. Right. And yeah, you know, I, I definitely try to keep myself grounded and, and, you know, pragmatic about it and not get too in my feelings and go like, is it cause I'm this, is it cause I'm that right? Like yeah. ultimately, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm doing work that, that I feel good about and that I love and I'm proud of and stuff. And, um, but yeah, there is the part. And I should say again, like Marvel has been great. Every time I reach out to Marvel, like they give yeah. me, you know, like, and, and, and Marvel, you know, oh, they've go got ahead. a Muslim, uh, superhero. Yeah. He's about to be yeah. on TV, you know, but yeah. again, that's another thing I was touching on is like that character is Pakistani, right? Like, Right. That's not Arabic. And yeah. and people don't see the name Khan and go Arabic, Muslim. They, you know, cuz people don't know that stuff, but like Mustafa oh, yeah. is like, oh yeah, the the Arab guy in Austin Powers played by Will Ferrell was named Mustafa, right? Like it's mm. it's one of those like very yeah. I mean, here it's rare, but over in the Middle East it's, I'm like I'm, you know, John Smith. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Um so yeah, you know, and and I Again, I don't want to. I don't want to cast any aspersions on, on. No, I think it's a fair concern, though. I mean, it's something that like there is probably there is there's probably been like the reality is there's probably been chance times where they had you on. You were in their their list of guys. You know, they're these are our three picks or five picks to possibly work on this book. They saw your last name and were probably like, nah, this might you know. We sell Even a lot if it of these- wasn't a conscious or like deliberate conversation, it might just be a, a deeply ingrained yeah. in the fabric of America yep. part of their yeah. brain that goes, uh, you know. Yeah. Especially yeah. if they know. were born like, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. I mean, you know, you're living in a 9-11, post 9-11 world. Right. I mean. Or if you're, you know, again, like Reagan era or yeah. whatever. I mean, yeah. Because yeah. a lot of the people, you know, usually a lot of this stuff comes down to like one or two old white guys at the top anyway. Right. 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 Yeah. I mean, a lot of times editors will want to be doing stuff. Like I know for a fact that like at DC, they wanted to be pushing a lot of the stuff that they're doing now, but Didio was, was squashing all of it. Oh really? Once he Uh was out, like they've been getting to kind of, you know, do, do what they want, make the books, you know, hornier as they've put it, you know, like, (laughs) and and Didio was, you know, these are our core characters. We're not doing that. And now it's like, you know, yeah, let it, let it ride. So, yeah. yeah and uh, this seems like there's like generational like, like trends um, of like art styles too. So, yeah. you know, maybe yeah. like, it's just, you've got a team of editors that are, uh, they're not digging. Like, that's my biggest fear is that like, 
even if I do ever uh, get to any kind of like threshold of success in the industry that I'm going to wake up one morning and like, no, we're like, we don't have any, any use for any kind right. of organic looking art. We just want clean, crisp. We like digital, that digital. Yeah. Yeah. Like everything needs to look like a painting. You know, we're, we're bringing, we want that animator look to it, which I can't do. I try, but I'm just, that I'm not colorblind Dude, as the way, fuck to begin with. So <laughs> the way, the way you walk or the way you draw is like the way you walk. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just how, yeah. it's just how it comes out of you. You could try to change it and you just look stupid, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. You're like uncomfortable um, and it just doesn't work and your back hurts and you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, oh, who's the guy, uh, who's the guy we interviewed was, is it Palmer, Joe Palmer? Yeah. Yeah, he draw, he's got this great style. I love his style, man. He's got this amazing size. He just came off an image book. And I like I time just, before time. I even, time before time. I tried yeah. to emulate his style. Like I was, I sat down one morning and I was like, I'm gonna emulate Joe's style. And it was so bad. One, I threw it all away and no one's ever gonna see it. But I texted him afterwards, like, dude, I just spent the last four hours trying to mimic you and like trying to go for this like Robert Valley type style. I was like, dude, I I was, I'm embarrassed to say that I failed miserably. <laughs> like, yeah, I, know, I'm, yeah. I think the mistake we make when we try to make stylistic changes is that we think we can do it in an afternoon, you know? And True. it's like, you realize that where you ended up is like over years of different influences yep. leading into your subconscious, you know? One of my yeah. really close friends said to me once when I was saying, you know, oh, I wish I could draw like so-and-so. And he said, you know, that artist has walked a completely different path in life than you. There's no yeah. way you could draw like them. You know, yep. it's like everything you do informs what comes out on paper in your life. You know, everything in your life leads to that line, that moment or whatever, you know? And it's like, yeah. you don't have the same experiences. So how could yeah. you? you know? I wish I could swing a golf club like Tiger Woods, but you know, one golf lesson isn't going to make that happen. So, right. you know, <laughs> or you get caught up in like, Oh, if I just get the same, you know, pencil that Adam Hughes uses, I'll right. oh, man. lock the secrets, you know, <laughs> I follow, um, who's the Korean guy. Uh, is it junk? Is it Jung G Kim Jung Gi? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I love it when, cause he does these demos that like, you know, people pay him just to go draw at a universe, just go right. draw on our wall. And right. then people will congregate around him like students. And it, it's awesome because like, he rips people apart because that's the number one question he always gets asked. Is they're like, what, what, what pen are you using? What pen is that? And he's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. What pen I'm using. Like he could, you he having could dip this a pen. hot dog and ketchup and do that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> essentially. He's like, <laughs> yeah. I use, I use whatever is affordable and whatever is at my yeah. disposal. Like you'll see him use tech pens. You'll see him use like actual ink and brush. And he, he always tells these kids like you having the same materials as me is not going to make you the same artist yeah. in any way. I yep. think he's got like a photographic memory too. So it's like, that's, I, you know, I saw an interview with him and he was really, interesting. I have a bunch of his books that are translated into English. And it's interesting that he, um, he used to not like drawing and cause he, I think he was like a commercial artist for a long time. And he just focused on, you know, like the, I guess the, the basics and he did it so much that now he's just at a point where like, cause if you really study the stuff, he like kind of like fudges stuff a lot, Yeah, but he makes it all work. And I think it just all like overall just flows, you know, he's just like, ah, I just, yeah, I have my foundational structure and is, is solid. And I just go with that. Well, I can it, it's his ability it. to like force perspective though. And, and yeah. place everything where it needs to go and in perspective, you know, and the yeah. weird fish eye, like foreshortening things and like, you know, drawing the, 
the you know suspension system on like a Subaru up on jacks as he's like drawing you know a girl working under it or whatever like yeah and she's like half fish and then they right. also like yeah. oh here's her fish anatomy too right you know it's like I think he just he's got to have some kind of like you probably power right. part of him I I think he does I think I read that somewhere that he does have a photographic memory I really? could be mistaken but. Um, it, it makes me feel better to think he does. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like I view, I view guys like that. Like I see what like guys, him and uh, was it, uh, Oh, what's his name? I think it's Tarada Katsuya, like from Japan. I view those two guys as like, that's the, yeah, that's the top of the heap. Like if I can get like that to and tap into what they're doing on, I'll be good. You know what too? And this is something I've realized, like, because we all see somebody get success or good reactions or something with like a particular thing that they do yeah, and, and if you go like, Oh, I should, I should try that. Right. And then what ends up happening is that you're always just like a day late and a dollar short, you know? Yeah. Because it's like the, the key is that they reached whatever success or, you know, recognition that they get for just doing what comes naturally to them. Right. And yeah. it, it's like, you get to that point in your life, your career or whatever, where you go, I just need to do what comes to me. And eventually I'll make the thing that does that for me, you know? And I think the people who end up trying to chase those trends are the ones who just never end up like really, you know, getting yeah. the foothold that they hope for because, you know, they're not being authentic to themselves in that way. Yeah. You know, and especially you look at like the nineties, right? Like you had that big comics boom and you had, everybody was like trying to emulate like Sylvester or Lee. Mm-hmm. You don't, like you see Sylvestri and Lee and all those guys, like the, the key guys, everyone's emulating. You see them still doing stuff. They're still around. You don't see any of the emulators, man. Like you see a few of them, but that's because like they've essentially adapted. Like they focused on being them instead of trying to be the next Jim Lee. Dustin Wynn, Travis Charest. Um, yeah. I mean, you could name a bunch of those people who used to work at Wildstorm. Dan Panosian. Dan, yeah. I think that's how you say his last name. Uh, Panosian, I think. Panosian. Yeah. yeah. Dan Panosian is one of those guys that like, yeah. his work now is great, but like, you know, back in the day, he was kind of like a, a you know, a bit of a, I think he was trying to emulate some of the, the, sure. what was trendy, you know? Right. Well, and that was the job too back then, right? Like, true. And that's the other thing too, you know, we, we, we're the age that we are doing this and we're, we're trying to be contemporaries on, you know, at a skill level, at least with these people who we look up to. And then you remember like, they've been doing this since I was born, you know, like, <laughs> like, like Dan Panosian has been drawing professionally for at least 30 years at this point, you know? Yeah. Like, wow. Um, and you know, I've been alive for barely more than at least 30 years. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, like yeah, I've yeah. been he, able to draw for that long. You know? He was starting his career when you were just finding out that you could buy comics at the grocery store magazine. Yeah, rack, or you like know what I mean? take a shit for M&Ms, you know, yeah. like, from your parents. <laughs> it's like a little yeah. prize, you know? So <laughs> yeah, I, that's always important to keep in mind. Cause like, and especially now with the internet, right? Everything is so in front of us. And so democratized, like we can see to the top of the mountain, but we're halfway up it. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so you got to remember that, like, just because you can see it, you know, and that path isn't the same as it was. Right. There's, you know, no. snow has fallen. The, the ice fall has broken off. You know, there's treacherous yeah. shit. You got to go another way. Yep. The avalanche so, is coming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So t- I guess to uh, we're get- God, we're getting so deep on this podcast. Right? This is a great. Episode, <laughs> man. We're getting like into the, the, the meta of like what makes an artist tick and especially in this day and age. But um, 
one of the things I wanted to ask when I was looking at, you know, your new book, uh, are you, are you still working analog? Like, are you using like pen and ink? Um, are you doing any, like, are you doing pencils digitally or is that all just old school graphite on the page and off to the races? I, so I do my layouts digitally. Okay. And then, uh, you know, I'll send those to editorial and, you know, for any feedback or whatever. And then I'll print those out in cyan and magenta, you know, yeah. like, like 25, 30% opacity. And yeah. then I draw, I pencil and ink over that. Okay. So okay. it's still, you know, mostly traditional except for the, the first stage, which is like, you know, where I figure out the real estate and, and all like, that. I imagine like perspective and like structuring, like basic underlying drawing of the figures yeah. and stuff. And, and I, sometimes I take it too far and I, I get too detailed in that stage. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get better about just doing shapes because, you know, ultimately it's a waste of time if you're going to draw it digitally and then print it at like a 30% opacity that and then have to yeah. draw again, you know, mm-hmm. I think you and I are the very, we are the, in the, the very similar, um, section of the artistic grocery store yeah uh, yeah i do the same thing and those and then but sometimes i find myself slipping where it's like i'm going i just my layouts look like pencils and now i'm penciling them again you're like right. Uh, right. this i'm making this way more laborious than it needs to be i need to just like you know, pull the rip cord and just go you know well and that's one of the challenges too of like doing a bunch of one shots for example is like i tend to be working with a different editor every time and they don't know necessarily my process or like what what my finished product will look like compared to like loose layouts. Yeah, right. So, I, and you know, a lot of times it's entirely on me, like projecting it, like because I'll 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 go, oh, I have to do it tighter because if they see it loose, then they're gonna have a bunch of notes for me, and and then I'm gonna have to sound like the guy who's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I know, I know, don't worry, I won't do that or whatever. And, yeah. you know, part of being easy to work with is taking notes and not being like, uh, no, I know, or I was going to do that or whatever. So, yeah, you know, uh, a lot of times I'll go a little tight just so that I can avoid having the like conversation of like, oh, don't worry. It won't look like that. You know? Um, yeah, that's a good, that's a really good point. I, I, yeah, I find myself in that, uh, I've been lately, I've been working with like kind of more indie just cause of, uh, just I just some of the medical stuff going on at the house, uh, like with my wife and everything, like I haven't been just able to just knowingly able to just hit like hard deadlines. I need like, you know, space. So the indie sector tends to be a bit more, uh, forgiving on that that arena, you know, Mm -hmm. just cause like, it's just, it's like one or two guys and they're, and they're like, Hey man, I, this is what's going on. We're like, you know, when you're working for the bigger dogs, it's a little more like, no, well, that's, that's sad that that's happening, but Hey, we, uh, we still have to go to print. Right. <laughs> Everything's yeah. scheduled six months in advance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I find that I have to be a little bit tighter on the layouts than I normally, than say like, you know, if you're working for, like you said, like a, a company that they're used to seeing use very loose layouts. Right. Yeah, so that's definitely a challenge, and you know, I I did work digitally for about a year, to to like because I really, was, yeah, because I was like, well, that's what you know, everyone's what, doing. Yeah, people are getting, <laughs> you know, like if you're competing with people who are doing that, right? You yeah, gotta, you got to make sure you can get it done as fast as them, or you know, right? If maybe there, and then you get in your head, is there an expectation that it looks digital? Should I be doing it? You know. So I, I tried it because I wanted to make sure I was like staying on the the cutting edge. I didn't want to wake up one day and be like. 
am I old now? What's going on? You know? <laughs> so you are, uh, we are, it's yeah, just, right. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's what happens. Yeah. But like, you know, you see people who are like, they're the guy. And then all of a sudden they just age out. And then you're like, wow, like how does that guy not get work anymore? You know, like, yeah. And I just never want to, I'm, I'm always trying to make sure that I create scenarios for myself where that won't happen. Mm-hmm. And that's a big yeah. part of doing my own stuff whenever I can is because it's like, you are making your own shit and no one can tell you that it's like not contemporary or not, you know, like, yeah, right. It, it's like, it, you know, you can't tell you you're wrong, basically. That um, almost needs to be like a sociology study in the industry of like, what, why do certain artists phase out? And why do some artists not like, you know, like some artists, it just seems like they're never like whether you like his work or not, but like Frank Miller, right? Like it seems, it seems like, I mean, his stuff has never really, it's aged really well. like whether you like the, I don't know, you know, I'm not talking about whether you like the books or not, but like his artwork still seems like people enjoy right. it. You yeah, know, it's right. still sellable. Um, and there's other older guys whose work still, but then like, you know, like I would be, even though I think he's like John B. is, I think one of the best guys to ever do it. Right. But it seems like, you know, I don't know if his work would get as much respect uh, with the the younger crowd these days as say it did back in the day or with like professionals who look at it and go like, Jesus, that guy was a monster. He could do right. everything. You know? Right. Well, and that's, you know, part of the get the big two love uh, for your work is if you can cultivate a fan base yeah. who yeah. loved you when you were in your heyday, then they're still going to love you when you're, you know, like aged out of regular work because, oh man, I, you know, there's the nostalgia factor. Yeah. Right? Dark Knight Returns, man. Right. Daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and you're right. I mean, it's something about Frank Miller's stuff. It's like th- there's a timeless quality to it. You know, they're really, yeah. I can't r- quite put my foot on it because I wouldn't say he's like, like in terms of like I he's I wouldn't put him on the same page as like Alex Toth in terms of like technical drawing ability right you know like but his stuff probably would age better than Toth's you know what I mean in terms of marketability which is strange right yeah there, there's something about like that really left of center style whereas like you know Toth was just one of those like you know he's a draftsman he's the yeah. pinnacle of draftsmanship you know and Frank Miller does like ugly people but yeah <laughs> for whatever yeah. reason like that's what you know ages better and yeah um yeah. so that's definitely something i think about and uh it's kind of like asking forgiveness rather than permission right yeah because when you're dancing to the tune of this is what the style is now the trend or whatever then eventually that music is out of date you know yeah uh, do you do you try and pick up tre- like um i've noticed that like you know um just Daniel Warren Johnson, like he's his style is inevitable. You, I, I, I keep seeing it influencing more and more people. Right. Uh, kind of like uh, you know the infamous Sean Murphy, right? Like right. their styles. Of, <laughs> yeah. I, I would say like you know those last ten years, you've really seen a lot of people pick up on what they're doing, especially like um, Johnson's. James yeah, James Heron again. Yeah, they do a lot. So many James Heron clones nowadays, right? Like. Yeah, just yeah. the way he does like motion and action and stuff because it's just super kinetic and fun. Yeah. Um. But, you know, at the same time, like, do you see that stuff and then kind of go like, uh, you know what? I'm going to add that to my tool set because, like, I like the, like, Daniel Warren Johnson. I think he captures motion really well. Yeah. Like, it makes it really fun. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Do you, do you ever do that? Just I curious. do, for sure. Like, I, I try to incorporate it in a way that's, like, my version of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I'll, try to, I'll try to deconstruct what about it works. Yeah. And then, you know, like, oh, the way that they, instead of doing a contour line of a fist, 
they make it a bunch of directional lines to make it look like the you know the hand is moving. Yeah. And then and then really what it is is figuring out what their influences are, right? Like they get that from manga. So who right. are they looking at, you know? Dragon um, Ball Z, baby. Yeah, and a lot of it honestly, <laughs> most of it goes back to Otomo, I think. Like with yeah. Akira. I mean, that book is such a like a seminal thing yeah. for a lot of people. So yeah, I definitely, you know, I try to put that stuff in, but in a way that isn't like, oh, he's just copying James Heron or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, definitely. So yeah, you know, I think a lot of it is staying current and stuff. And yeah, and that is part of why I went digital for a while. The other part was just, I just had stuff kind of overlapping and it was the same year I was getting married. So it was like, oh man, I had a lot yeah. of shit happening, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I found that it was much faster in a lot of ways, but it wasn't as satisfying. Like, I, there's an inherent quality that I, you know, that's what I love about drawing that is the relationship of like whatever utensil you're using and, yeah. the, and the paper and Getting that ink all over your hands. Well, and even all, just yeah. like, you know, the drag of the, the graphite on the, on the tooth of the paper. Right. Yeah. Like, um, wow. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not an artist. So Brian's like, Brian's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But yeah, and God. there's a, let me try and a find a way to relate it to golf. Give me a second, dude. Uh, I got you. It's the is is there a is there a, like a ridge or texture on the face of the club? Oh yeah, is the ball wet? Yeah, is the grass too long? Right? Yeah, are you in is there the mud? Trap? Is it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. With digital, yeah, I, you're yeah. you're constantly using the same yeah. uh, ball, the same club, and it's on astroturf. Can I be honest? Would with that you? help? I, if that would help me score lower scores, I'd be all about it. Though, let's be. <laughs> I, I, I don't. Um, I, I, you know, like I, I w- still with digital art. Um, and there's some guys who are beautiful draftsmen with it, but I can't um, because it's like I either find it too perfect the lines, mm-hmm. and it throws me off. I like 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 some of the guys we we just mentioned. You can see the organicness of the line right. itself, like uh-huh. in the line weights, and for me, that's way more fulfilling like i mentioned dragon ball z um because i just bought a shit ton of dragon ball z uh manga how many and how many how many volumes five yeah okay continue don't you, don't you. okay <laughs> it's my it's my candy okay it's like, hey, uh, tax write-off bro you know? that's right that's right well the new series though isn't the it, it's the same it's just the creators that writing it but he's brought in like kind of like a guy who's been emulating his style but the guy works digitally and you can tell it yeah. changes like kind of the yeah. feel of the book. And then you go back and look at the old stuff, which was all done. Like he did it all on this coffee table with like tech pens and like small brushes. And you're like, I like it way better. It's just yeah. got a different feel. It, yeah. The newer stuff might have more on the panel because, you know, you can really get in there and draw tiny little things digitally, mm-hmm. but it just, um, dude, it's subpar. It's always going to be, it's just not on the same. It's just not the same level. Well, and, really you know, the brushes, I mean, you can customize them. You can make your own. You can buy packs of them and stuff. But like, everybody uses the same ones pretty much because there are only so many available, and not that many people make their own. I don't think, unless you know, but are, you can you can adjust you, settings and things to make it yeah. your own, whatever. But are yeah, you going like, to scroll through twenty brushes while trying to ink like one arm? No, right. right. You know, and then the other thing to that is like, if everyone's using similar brushes, then everyone has the same like stamp. You know what I yeah. mean? Like there's yeah, not yeah. enough variation and, you know, so yeah, it's the, it's the sterility of like those lines you're talking about that are too clean, you know, the way they taper off yeah. into that super fine point. You yeah. Know? Or they get that little fake glob because the, the stylus got pushed down too hard on that, you know, the end of yeah. that line or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, for me as an artist, seeing that bums me out. 
Same here. There are some people who do it phenomenally. Like Jorge Jimenez is the one I always point to. Everybody always thinks that guy. His Batman work is insane. Yeah. Well, everything he does, like not only is it, you know, he's he's an incredible art like drafts person, right? But like on top of that, he uses the brushes in really creative ways. Like there's nothing I hate more, and I got a lot of heat for saying this on Twitter, you know, a year ago. Say it. There's there's that ugly like fake cross hatch pattern that comes in manga studio or clip studio or whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of like Marvel dudes uh, who were using it. There's one hero of mine who was like using it. Cause I think he just discovered it. Older guy. Yeah. L- legend. Well, I'll just I say. Shink. Shink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he was using all, and now he's, he's awesome. I would never not. I would love to be even tapping into a fifth of what he can do. Right. Um, but it was one of those where I was like, oh man, just I liked your, your I like it when you cross that shit better. Don't yeah. use the don't use the template shit. Well, because on, man. it doesn't do what what you think it might do. It doesn't do a nice yeah. cross hatch. It does like this weird sort of like th- this direction juxtaposed against this direction, right? And then it yeah. just kind of patterns that, and and the lines don't change in length or in how much you know. So people just end up doing this really ugly, like stamp. It looks like a thing was just stamped over and over and over again. And and it looks, it's usually people do it in a background to try to give, give it some kind of dimension, but it's just, it's hacky looking, you know, it it just, yeah, it comes off a little kind of a little lazy. Yeah. And somebody actually accused me of being ableist because I, I was, yeah. Cause I, I guess their, their thing is like, well, I don't know. He had, he, this guy specifically had like ADHD, and so okay, I don't I don't know how that correlates to it. Maybe he was speaking for other people. Like, what if sure. you don't have the dexterity to do it? And I was like, he didn't he didn't he didn't articulate that. He mm-hmm. just said I was ableist and told me to fuck sure. off. <laughs> but like, oh, yeah. But I I you know I went on to say it's I don't think it's ableist to say that like using a a preset brush that everybody uses looks bad. I think yeah. It's you know, just, it's also just your opinion. Um, yeah, so it's it doesn't like mean people can't do it and people are doing yeah. it and, and, and getting paid to do it, you know, and do, yeah. and some of them are doing well, you know, it's just kind of to each his own on that yeah. stuff. And also it, like, you know, what is at the end of the day, it comes down to like, really like, we're all just telling the story. It's like the story, like I used to be right. very hard on, like, if I didn't like somebody's stuff, uh, like, true, this is true. <laughs> really hard. I've relaxed so much in the last probably like six years on like style and all that kind of stuff because I've realized that like even people who like you know like I mean like I hate it when people trace you know like I hate I hate the just like straight up where you're like you can just tell like I, I get it people do it for deadlines you know because you have to sometimes but like you gotta hide it you know what yeah, I mean creatively yeah. um, right. But like some people don't, they'll just, they don't even take a a photo and just filter it like up the contrast and just that's your background. Yeah. And I'm like, really, this is bad. This guy's getting an Eisner for, for best line work. Like what? Fuck off. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But my, my thing is kind of like now I'm more of like, it's just focus on the story. Everybody, this, the, the goal at the end of the, the, the rainbow is just to tell the story. How's the story? If the story does the job, then we're great. And that but. it's all in how it's, you know, Eisner's, for example, are voted on by people in the industry. And a lot of that involves comic shops, right? Yeah. And if, and if that book is selling well for them, they're happy to vote for that because, Boom. And, and the readers a lot of times don't care if, if, because they can't tell that something was a trace thing or, right. you know, and, oh, and yeah, 
that the the preset crosshatch brush brush thing to me the the closest analogy to it to to really help people understand who don't know the software and stuff is that it's like taking it's like google image searching something and taking like the second or third result and using yeah. that right it's yeah. just it's like yeah you can do it but it's hacky like be creative with it you know what i mean like yeah and this is something i talked to ramon villalobos about a lot Oh, Blue former Blue former Blue uh, guest, right? guest of yeah. uh, Blue Tiger yeah. Revenge. That's right. In my yeah. opinion, the he is. Uh, I love the guy. He's the ultimate Twitter troll. He cries. Oh, Twitter trolls crack me up. It's so funny because, like, you know, he's one of my closest friends. Yeah. And, like, he's such a compassionate, empathic person. Who, yeah. Like, cares so much about people's well-being and, like, you know, union labor and like yeah you know uh yeah. progressivism and and people having their basic needs met but then he'll get on twitter and just people it's so yeah. funny and a lot of times he'll make these ironic jokes and people just take it at face value yes and it's that's my favorite to watch i'll, I'll be honest like, it took me a while i like would be like what i yeah, know i've met this guy he's not like this i didn't get it for because i'm not very good. I'm not clued in. I don't, I spend very little time online. So it took me a while. Like, uh, (laughs) yeah, but except when, like when Ramon was dropping the jokes a lot of times, I was like, what's going on? I had to reach out a few folks and be like, what is he talking about? Is he really serious? And they're like, no, he's a troll. Yeah. He he does. My favorite bit of his is how he goes on about how he's an old school pro. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, And he'll talk about like Cintiqs, like he'll call them light brights or magma and shit like that. Uh, and you know, he's totally joking, but you know, but one of the things we talk about is like, so we're both fans of rap, right? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and in rap, you have what people call spitters, right? Like people who just rap like, well, it's not, it's not gimmicky. It's not like, you know, like a, like the same thing on a, uh, like a hook over and over again. They're like rapping, you know? Yeah. It's similar, like a basketball, you have ballers, yep. right? Oh yeah. That yeah. guy's a baller, you know, she's a baller. Like, uh, and and we use that analogy with this stuff because it's like, what happened to the people who just fucking draw, man? Like, why you yeah. got to Google some shit? Just learn how to. I mean, we all Google. We all use reference, right? Like, sure. But like, at least make it unique or like learn how things are constructed and then you can draw anything, you know? Yeah. So yeah. that's the stuff that I, I tend to get frustrated with is seeing that. You know, and uh, yes, deadlines, obviously I have them too. I know how sure. that goes, you know. Um, Do you but, think maybe the, a lot of the expectations of the industry because, because there's so much of like, we'll just say digital aid mm-hmm. um, nowadays, like I like sometimes people ask, like I'll show older guys. Like I remember I was up in the studio in Portland. It was like last time I was there and they had interns and all these young artists who were, you know, just you know, fresh faces and, and I was, I was with there with uh, Jesse Ham, uh, good rest his soul. And uh, him and I were very, we had similar interests and in like we love dudes like whether you like the man or not. But Starenko's work, uh, we appreciate Bisema, Joe Kubert, like all the like seminal like, Barry Windsor who, Smith, Barry Windsor Smith, like guys who just kicked ass yeah. and like they didn't have Google, they didn't have Cintiqs, they were just just grinding right. But they were really kind of like style setters like they changed the game just in their work itself and these young kids were not they were not impressed they're like dude it's all wonky and shit and i'm like because it's on a piece of paper with pencil and ink <laughs> right. man 
I was yeah. like, they didn't, they're, they're referring, and all their artists they're referencing for all these were just like tracing photos. And they're like, but yeah, but look at this guy. This guy can draw a figure perfect. I go, yeah, Alex Toth could do the same thing, but he only would do like one book a year because it would take him a year to get it done. I was like, that's not drawing. They're just dropping photos in and manipulating it. Yeah. And it just, I don't know, it was breaking my fucking heart if I'm being Yeah. Honest. Well, and then, you know, I think also one of the factors in this is that a lot of editors are not artists and they don't have right. art backgrounds like they you know they might have english degrees or or creative mm-hmm. writing degrees or you know because that's that the industry has been so writer focused for a couple decades now sure right? sure so i think that's a big factor is like i can look at this stuff and go this is bullshit that doesn't yeah. belong on that plane of you know like yeah like that foreshortening is like why do they have like a little baby arm what's going on here this and, guy is tracing photos and has no perspective, like no concept right. of perspective. Like where, and, where's the depth? And you'll see them tweet like, y'all will not believe what just hit my inbox. Oh my God. Oh. Wait till you see this. You know yeah. what I mean? And, yeah, yeah. Like, and then I see it. And I'm like, that was what you're excited about. You know? And that, again, I don't want to sound like a hater and that's not to knock no, anybody, it, like, you're just, you know, it's I, I, when I talked to like, I, I've been fortunate enough to get asked to speak with like, younger artists like high school college kids mm-hmm. especially the last couple of years and like these are the things that we talk about and i always especially the, the the ones who are really like i want to be an artist and i always am like all the people you are like focusing on don't know how to draw i was like they're these are photos that they're painting over like i get it concept art is great there a lot of it is just like they're painting over pre-existing photos you know and um I'm like learn structural drawing. I can't yeah. wait for you to come come up or come down here for SummerCon when my niece is here, and I'm uh, just tear her to just, shreds. Be like, this work is terrible. No, you have but no structural drawing. She's actually not not bad. She for for a 14 year old artist, but you know, you being able to tell her like learn how to draw, like don't don't just Photoshop it and draw over it. You know that shit that young kids need to hear. Well, I mean, if she, if she wants, okay. So, sorry. I was just say what what you have is a lot of people doing a thing and they don't know why they're doing it. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's yeah. like, and that's that's one of the challenges of integrating digital into, you know, what it is that we do and what, you know the the young generation coming up is yeah. like they're if they don't know what a brush filled with ink does then they don't necessarily know how to because all of this digital stuff is just trying to emulate the the physical analog product right 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 and and so if you don't know why you're doing that or or you don't know what that crosshatch thing is supposed to be doing and you just use it to like in a background yeah like that's why it looks bad you know like if yeah. you use it correctly like a Jorge Menez or like you know some of the other artists who have who have like found creative ways to employ it then it's that's what sets that apart, you know? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. It's like um, w- when I was at the Kubert school, uh, I don't know if they still operate like this, but like they forced us to do, and I think it was just probably some limitation of like uh, actual like schools uh, technology, but like they were big implementers, like everything's analog. Well, you'll get to do digital later, but you you need to learn how to do it analog, even probably to a fault. But yeah. like they wanted you to like learn how like learn how to work out perspective on paper. Don't just use like 
drop in a horizon, you know, drop in the horizon line and use like some kind of like cheat thing going to it, like understand the con. Cause like, I, I mean, you probably, we both probably know comic artists who like, I, I'm always amazed when they're like, Oh, I don't know how to work out perspective. I just use, uh, I use, you know, clip studio or whatever it is. And I'm like, what really? And like, yeah, without that, I can't do this. That's why you don't see backgrounds in my panels. And I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? How, you're drawing for Marvel. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, perspective is one of those things too, where like, I dude, I've literally, I don't think I've ever plotted a horizon line and like done the whole vanishing point thing. I just like fudge it, you know, yeah. cause I'm, I'm usually doing like a warped version of it. Any like, like, you know, more, or a fish eye thing or like whatever. Sure. So, you know, I, I just kind of like, but you, you have an understand, you know how to do it. We're exactly. like, it, it's not, you can fu- like, cause I don't work it out anymore very often, but I still like throw down like, ah, it's going in this direction. Going in this direction. Right. It lines up enough. You can't, it's going to get shrunk down. And I can be able to tell in the panel anyways. Right. But like, I mean, you know, there's, I will, I if think, I'm doing like buildings, you know, obviously you'll, you'll do the right. thing, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, to your point, it's like, cause if you learn it, then you don't need it anymore because it'll just be there. You right. Know? Yeah. It can be and like Kim Jong G, man. You can just go. <laughs> yeah. And if you're, if you're using the tool too much in, in, you know, the perspective grid or whatever, like, uh, then you'll never really learn it. It's like, yeah. It's like, you know, it's when our teachers were always like, don't use a calculator. You got to know this stuff in your head, you know? And you're like, then, of course, we have fucking smartphones now. And, you know, I've, yeah. I've never not had a calculator. <laughs> right. Let me, right. Let me ask you this now. Here's really old man. When was the last time you cracked an encyclopedia to get information on something? Oh my God. Right. I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. 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 There's something I never want to have to do. You remember like you'd have to do a report and they're like, well, sketch, make sure you schedule uh, a trip to the library with your parents. So you yeah. can uh, look up mountain gorillas in the encyclopedia <laughs> oh, at the library. M was checked out, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, we'll have to come back tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, take photocop. Oh, I don't miss any of that. What, like, you know, we, well, you were talking about at the Cuber School, though. I studied graphic design for a bit at like Portland Community College. Okay. And, you know, they have a program, and I was doing mm-hmm. that as my, like, if comics don't work out kind of thing. And then eventually it was just kind of bullshit, and I, I ended up getting like a thing published, and I was just like, I'm, I'm all in on I'm, comics. I'm in. This, you know? yeah. But they made us, like, we had to buy these workbooks, right, for the program that were like 25 bucks, and they had different typefaces, like the whole alphabet and upper and lower case in them. And oh, I still, I, I still have all mine. Yeah. And what they yeah. would make us do is we would have to literally photocopy the, the alphabets out of these books and paste them up and then photocopy that for like the whole first term, first two terms, oh. I think. We didn't do anything on the computers. It was all the old way. Like old and, school typeset, like magazine style. Like, yeah, like literally just photocopying them, cutting them out, pasting them on a line. We had to use exactly not. They wouldn't even let God. us use like paper cutters, you know. Like yeah. it was the dumbest fucking thing. And I, I, we had one copy machine for like forty people at a time, and I was just like, this is absurd. And yeah. look how much paper we're wasting. You yeah, know? Like, oh. was, we did the. the we had to do the same thing at the Cuber School, and it was um, the guy who taught it was awesome, but you know it was such this old school method. It was like to do ash cans for like conventions or to give mm-hmm. samples to, you know, oh, you got your samples that you want to give to the editor, so maybe you can get a job in the bullpen up at Marvel. Where you're like, I don't think the bullpens exist <laughs> yeah. anymore. Uh, but it was like it was doing ash cans and the same thing. 
like we would resize, you'd have your drawing and you take photocopies of it and resize it all the way down. Like till you figured out the percentage and then do that with all of your art. And then we would like paste it up, like, you know, make a physical book and like paste all the paper together, all the images. And then we would photocop those pages. So it's like, Oh, I've got 10, I got 10 copies of my ash can. I'm going to go to, you know, New York comic con or big apple con and, and hand these out to editors. And you know, who knows it's what so will frustrating happen. Frustrating Cause it's such a waste of time and it's massive. Like, yeah. Cause I mean, what, what remind me what years you were there. I was there from 06 to 09. So like, even at that point it was like archaic. We shouldn't yeah. have been doing that. stuff. I mean, there was, you could, you could, pop that stuff into Photoshop, shrink it down, take it to FedEx office or Kinko's back then or whatever. It wrote me out 30 of these you or know? scan them in. Cause, and just email them. That's what yeah. I, yeah. I don't, I've never given an editor. Like I, I, I'm probably the same as for you. Have you ever given an editor like physical stuff? Actually I did. And oh, the editor I was go. talking about earlier, who was a, a, a local friend who ended up working at DC as an editor. Yeah. I gave one of those to him and, he will tell, he'll say to this day, like, he'll be like, dude, that's the most like professional thing anyone's ever handed me, like, or the most impressive little ash can thing anyone ever gave me. So oh, that, wow. it really helped for me. It, I, I handed it out at the Stumptown Comics show the yeah. last year they did it. And I, you know, I designed it. I mean, I, I put a lot of work into it. It was color. You know, there were oh. these little like ash can size. Oh, you, know, you were, like, yeah. Like those are like collector's items now, you know? Like it, that. Yeah, it was definitely that kind of thing. And, um, you know, I had my name on it with my art, like kind of on the cover yeah. and, nice. and like little snippets of it. And um, yeah, so like that was, that was something that helped me stick out in someone's mind. I don't know yeah. that anyone would accept that kind of thing now. You know, this was like, this was I probably mean, 2000. 10 11 i bet know? if you did it now with all the books you've been published and it had like your covers and stuff because people would view it as like oh dude this is like a like a professional sketchbook but it would you know like those aren't cheap to print up yeah. i bet yeah i bet people would be jacked to get it but like as a student or like someone who's right out of school yeah probably the editors would probably be like dude uh, okay yeah I don't need to, I've got a whole truckload of these things. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it funny though? We kind of end up going in this cyclical thing where it's like, yeah. it's kind of like how people will put out like a cassette tape now of like their new release. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like this, it's this or vinyl. Of, yeah. Or vinyl <laughs> too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is weird. It's like, things are so digital now that like, uh, what is it? Um, actual pages have now become like gone up in sales, especially during the, you know, the pandy. Um, I mean, like that's like a, a viable collector's thing is getting originals. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't even sell that many, but like, I'm so glad I haven't gone digital because I've, if I would have, I wouldn't, there's so much ex- excess income I was able to bring in through like covers and stuff that sold yeah. at really good rates where I was like, oh shit, people are actually treating this like fine art, especially if yeah. it's got like Wolverine or, uh, your, your Godzilla. Godzilla Kong. Yeah. 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 Like all that stuff. Like, like people view that as like, this is this is collector's stuff man you know? it's the best when you did a thing that nobody really like cared about in the sense that like not that they didn't care about it but it wasn't in the zeitgeist and yeah that shit rolls her back around and the godzilla versus kong movie comes out and you're like yeah that's what i have yep. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know you sold yeah. that you sold both your a godzilla cover and a kong cover at emerald city Oh, I thought you were going to say price there for how much. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> come on, man. Come on, man. I don't know. I don't know if you're going to put me on blast. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it, 
I think that's one of the things that I think if people do stay, the people do stay analog. That's one of the um, kind of advantages you have where like you can go to a convention with physical pages and people are going to, people will buy them. People yep. are going to be yeah. like, Oh shit, that's unique. That's yeah. uh yeah. Especially if you can, I mean, God dude, doing that one moon night thing. That's the first oh. time I've only got three pages left of that. It's the first time I've ever come close to selling out of anything I've ever done. Right. That's Usually awesome. I'll sell like a handful here or whatever, a couple there or whatever. But yeah, like people, cause what happened was Kang was the villain in it. So when Kang oh. showed up in the Loki show, oh, yeah. people yeah. were just like scooping up those Kang pages. And then, so I had, a, I had like a burst of sales when it first came out. Cause I, there was a couple of conventions right after it. So like yeah. I was able to sell pages there. Uh, I did trade a couple for some action figures to a retailer though. Well, sure. Yeah. Tight. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> and, uh, and then like, uh, now Moon Knight, you know, is a thing. So mm-hmm. like the pages of Moon Knight were getting a little bit of a bump. So, and that's the thing, man, that's, that's why working for the big dogs, as you put it, is like such a great thing because yeah. it's way easier to get that passive income going. And yeah. that's the struggle of being an illustrator in like the more indie side of comics is like, you know, yes, I'm doing my own stuff, but like, it's not, people don't have like a lifelong love of the character I did. Right. Yeah. You know, so you miss out on that aspect of it. And then obviously like royalties are a lot of times non-existent because Mm. if they pay you, you know, decently to make the book, they got to recoup all that back before you start getting anything on the back end. And then, you know, these books don't sell 40,000 copies like a, like a, you know, your sort of mid-level Marvel or DC thing. So it's going to take a while unless it becomes a movie or something or, you know. Yeah. 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 That is kind of interesting. It's like there, you want to do the indie project that like sells 200,000 copies, you know, and gets like a a Netflix deal or something. But the reality is, is like, it's such a, it's such a, like right time, right place. The Lightning stars are bottle, online. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And you see guys that like get that and then they try to capture it and it just, I mean, it's just like a movie, right? Like an actor does a movie and they're forever known as that character. It doesn't matter how many awesome films they do. They're always going to be, you know, Luke Skywalker. Mark Hamill, yeah. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. I, I would love to have my Luke Skywalker book. You know, the thing that like people yeah. go like, Oh, draw that thing. I, I will happily do that for the rest of my life, man. Yeah. It means my mortgage is paid and my fucking yeah, yeah. my dogs get you know <laughs> their meds and whatever you know what I mean like yeah oh yeah oh, that would be awesome like uh yeah and it's it's it can be and if you're Will difficult. Smith it's gonna be slapping Chris Rock in the face they're gonna be like <laughs> will you sign this picture of you slapping Chris Rock in the face for us please Mr Smith <laughs> oh man now see the key is if you can get both guys to sign it <laughs> there we go then you'd real and Jada then you'd really be <laughs> making some money that's retirement sales right there <laughs> yeah yeah I you know mailbox money is is what you want right mm-hmm. you want that yeah. like. You know, that thing is selling perennially, you know. Yeah. I look at, I look at like, like Weaver is Dustin, Dustin Weaver. You Mm -hmm. you probably met him. He's there. He's in Portland. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, he's like, guy's so good. One, so good. Great guy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I look at him and it's like, he, he's kind of doing like what you were talking about, where like he's like the man over at Marvel, where he works on, whatever like big hey we have some crazy avengers project we're gonna you're gonna do it because you like to draw everything right and then but then he does like his um what's it uh that image book on the side which is you know i don't know 
impactless. I don't know how well that did. Um, it might not have done well. It may have done okay. I don't know, but like he doesn't care. Like that was his passion project. It right. was all the things that he wanted to draw. And I would imagine like the Marvel work and the, you know, even some of the DC stuff he's doing now has really like facilitated that, you know, allowed him to to take that time and, you know, and then again, I don't know how he finds the time to draw as well and as and, and as, as much. much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like yeah. he's doing like a whole like massive event over at Marvel, but then he's also cranking out like, oh yeah, here's um here's every character from Ninja Turtles. Here's every character, you know, and then he's got covers and and those are just like commissions and stuff. I mean, the guy, yeah. I don't know. I got yeah, to work next a- to him for like six months, and it was like. I'd been around a bunch of other artists and I think the only guy that I'd seen that was as prolific as him was probably Joe Kubert in terms of just volume of yeah. like high, like high rate volume work that he was putting out. That'd probably be the only guy I could think of. Is he fast or is he just diligent? Like, does he just sit down and get the work done? Like at, I think at he's regular speed. I think he's both. Yeah. I, I mean, like I've seen him, like he doesn't seem like he's, like super like workhorse. Cause I've been in the studio with him and he's like, you know, you know, we're looking at manga where he, he's like, Hey, you want to check out this, this retro 16 bit soundtrack? And I'm like, okay. And it's just, yeah. you know, you know, like that kind of stuff. Um, but I think it's just when he draws, he draws with a ton of passion and the dude, like, at least when I was in the studio at the same time as him, he was always like, I always tried to be the first person there. Like I try and get there at like 8 a.m., maybe sometimes seven. And he would be in like right before me. And sometimes yeah. would even be me. And then like he would be the last person to leave. Or I'd find out when he did leave, he would just go home and then work till like midnight or something. So right. I think he just he's one of those guys that I think he he I think I've never met anybody who likes this job more than he does. Like this is like he's like I, where I'm like, oh God, I can't wait till I'm done. I go out and like go for a, like go for a hike or something like oh i can't wait to get this page done. or i think he's more like oh i'll get this job this gig done or this page done and then i'll get on this other page and then i'll do this commission it's gonna be awesome i, I mean maybe i'm wrong but that's just how it's perceived for me and i i i wish i still had that like i i, I yeah. love the job i still love the work and it's still what i want to be doing uh i just i feel like i have internet induced add you know yeah like, cause I, I don't have, I don't have like inherent attention issues, but like something about just the nature of like everything being a quick little bite and like, Oh, I got this window open and that window open and I'm going to play in a, play in a, a soundtrack or a score while I'm drawing. And then, or like listening to a podcast or an audiobook, And then it makes me go like, Oh, I should look that up to find out what that is. Is something yeah. you mentioned. And then, you know, before you know it, you've gone down a rabbit hole and, so yeah, I'm I'm really hoping to get back to just like where I used to be, where I, it was like, oh god, I forgot to eat lunch because I've yeah. just been working, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, where you're just like in that you're in that um, that zone, that, right? That yeah, that mind's eye, like you you're just you're just grinding and enjoying every second of it. Yeah, um, I think that's something that's kind of people have kind of my wife and I were talking about this the other day, and uh, she's a bit of a scientist, and we were talking about. Like, you know, you're seeing like you're hearing no, about the- I'm something of a scientist myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, she actually she actually is. Yeah. yeah. No, I was just yeah. making a Spider-Man yeah. reference. Sorry. Always. <laughs> See, I'm the worst comic book guy in the world. I don't get any oh, of the it's comic from the movies. Yeah, it's, it's Willem Dafoe, man. <laughs> Your guy. I love Dafoe. God, I know you so do. Great. Give him all the Academy Awards. Nobody's nobody's gonna 
challenge him. Uh, anyways, uh, we're talking about, you know, you see the, like this great resignation you're hearing about, like, I I'm, I'm one of the many artists in the industry that are going through like the whole burnout session and all that kind of stuff. And, um, it kind of made me wonder is like the entire like construct that we've created for ourselves, like going to work to acquire these things that we want, like a house and like have a night, comfortable living and all that kind of stuff. It kind of makes you, I wonder if there's something from like a naturalistic perspective of like, this is not as human animals. We are, we've manufactured this like uh, uh, economic ecosystem for ourselves to thrive in yep. but it's not it's such against what really what we would probably be the happiest doing you know what i mean like as animals we're not made to like be inside be sedentary focused on like making money which is again like or, or a human construct money for somebody else right like yeah yeah, yeah. like it, like it's i think people maybe it's just from being home and realizing that like without just even that daily like get up and grind of like driving to work and back and forth and that kind of stuff like it made them realize like how like there's a lot of monotony in yeah. like this, this pseudo capitalistic world we've kind of created for ourselves and i think that maybe like, it's just one of those where you're like oh the, i just feel like people are kind of like going through that like there's a bit of unfulfillment and maybe that's yeah. the same with like you know if you're drawing you're still you're working in the industry, you're still drawn for a job. You know, I mean, it's still a job. You're getting yeah. up and, and going to work. And I don't know. I guess I'm talking to like bigger swaths of like I humanity totally in general. You know? Yeah, we're it. We're also at a time where things like in the in the socioeconomic realm of things are are like coming to a head. I mean, yeah, we're probably about to start experiencing a lot of like climate change related food shortages mm-hmm. and it's going to drive prices up and then yeah. you know landlords get greedier employers try to figure out how they can pay less to keep the bottom line because now their costs are going up and so it's like and and you know especially our generation like we are the dealing with like the fallout of the boomer generation just deregulating everything right yeah yeah so, like we're we're fighting this uphill battle like we're trying to dig ourselves out Fucking of a 10 foot hole Right. That we were born 15 feet into, you know, and it's just like, yeah. And so I think people are just getting tired of that because it's like, it's like you're, it's like that dream people talk about where you're running and that that door at the end of the hallway just keeps getting further and further away. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I always think about like my dad, right? Like he was a dude that, uh, you know, when he came back from Vietnam, he got a job at the post office. It was a great job. Like like most Vietnam veterans do. Right. It was (laughs) right. It was a great job but he hated it. It was super unfulfilling. Like he, you know, provided a great living, like a a very great, I'd say normal middle-class like household for the family. Mm -hmm. But like when he died, like the, my last conversation with him was like, dude, whatever you do, don't become me, which I was like, what do you mean? And I think it's because he felt like being that, like he obviously knew what was going on, but it was like one of those were like, my life was a wa- like not a waste, but just like so unfulfilling. Yeah, yeah he didn't yeah. follow whatever the his yeah drawing comics the, thing was. Right? Yeah, there wasn't yeah. there wasn't like the option. It was more of like, and I think you saw that with past generations. I don't know if it was just because of like uh, the world seemed a lot bigger back then, mm-hmm. you know, because you didn't have the advent of like 
like take, like we're all in physically different locations, but we're having a normal conversation. You know, like you didn't have yeah. this type of shit. Right. You know, like you could romanticize about the world a lot more. You could romanticize about like having these like, oh, I'm going to go to Australia. Where now you're like, yeah, I can go to Australia. I can go to wherever. I can go to Norway. It's not that bad. Yeah, you know? for you can book the ticket from your phone and then be there. And you know, yeah, yeah. 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 If I really wanted to, we could go. The, we could go this weekend. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, and and so I think. um I think we're seeing that kind of thing where like the world has become small and all of a sudden, like the lifestyle for those past generations doesn't quite necessarily work. And I think that's what he was kind of hinting at, even though he wasn't, you know, he was more of just like, dude, like, dude, like the, yeah, like he didn't, he didn't, I don't think he probably felt like he contributed anything like culturally or just, you know what I mean? Or anything like that. It was just like, yeah, I got my kid. I provided for my kids and my wife, but like now it's just like, fuck man like that was great but there was nothing for him right right nothing yeah it's just really i shouldn't say nothing because you know like you still want to see your family do well like there's pride in that like there's the same time everyone needs something for themselves yeah everybody yeah yeah and so i guess that's what i was thinking about that and i'm like god man fuck that dude was like for not you know for not being the like you know the most like you know sophisticated like philosophy guy in the world fuck he was tapping in some like real world shit that now yeah. everybody's going through you know like, yeah yeah it's kind of well, interesting and there's also the the aspect of like because we're you know like you said the world is is so much smaller now right like yeah people we don't have the option anymore of like you you graduate high school, you get a job, you know, at the Coca-Cola factory and then you can buy a house and, you know, have your 2.5 kids and two cars and, you know, barbecue on the weekends and shit. Right. Like, so people are in a position where like you might as well try to make your, your side hustle, your, your thing, because like there are apps that help you do it Mm -hmm. now, websites, there's e-commerce, like, like there's less reason not to do it, especially when like, a, the jobs are harder to get and they want you to have five years minimum experience and like a master's degree, which like, is impossible. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and coming B, out of gonna, college. Yeah. And they're going <laughs> to chart or they're going to pay you 30 grand a year to start. Right. So it's like, you might as well fucking do Uber or like, you know, Postmates and then like do whatever it is you do on the side and make those two things work, you know? Yeah. I mean, like a great example, like when I got a wake up call when I went to Portland because I thought, well, I I, w- I did okay with some graphic de- some of the graphic design aspects of the last year at the Cuber School, so I actually had probably a better graphic design portfolio than I did like comic portfolio. And I was like, well, I'm not good enough to like just get work at like any of the comic companies yet. So maybe I'll do graphic design. And like the best I could find that paid for graphic design was like ten dollars an hour, and that was like 2010 2011 in yeah. in Portland, like the city of Portland, working at like some of the big companies there and i was like right. how the fuck are people so like you go to college and you would come out with like you know like you come out with however much you know fifty thousand dollars of debt or something and then they're only want to pay you minute like i was like i wouldn't even go to college i could go work at a grocery store and make the same thing like what's the fucking point or more like, like yeah or more like yeah, at least you, i could get like overtime like what right. the fuck like this a manager is or something you know yeah 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 yeah, yeah. go work at you know loading 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 on like a loading dock and make you know twice that three times that like what this is ridiculous and so i was just kind of one of those where i was like oh shit like this going to art this is a risky uh this is a you know people tell you it's risky but like fuck like there's yeah 
and it, it to me it just seemed like exploitation because like a good graphic designer is um you know like that's i mean dude that's i think that makes or breaks your product that you're selling mm-hmm. you know yeah I mean? yeah yeah I, I don't know it's just it's one of those kind of like eye-opening experiences coming out of college everybody tells you like oh yeah i know like you get a job i mean you know like work your way into comics but there's plenty of great art job you know yeah and that's that's a big part of why i have a lot of trouble personally with like comics as academia right yeah not, not necessarily the Kubert school because that's actually like it's a tech school program right yeah, yeah. Tech yeah. School, like and they tell you straight up like listen the dropout yeah. rate is high and like you're when you're you're meeting like when they I don't know how it is now but when I called and had like the you know you do your admissions meeting with the head of administration there I mean that was all what it was about he's like you going here does not guarantee that you're going to make it in comics yeah. like it's you don't understand like most people from the school will not don't most people in general do not get make aren't good enough to work in the industry right you're taking it this is a huge gamble you're taking that's you know, great that I, they do that at least yeah at least they tell you yeah yeah i mean i don't know if they do it now i can't speak for them but when i was yes yeah, right yeah well and you see i mean like you know a lot of major universities are offering like comic studies programs oh they've got master's degrees now in yeah comics which i'm like i think university and- of oregon has one they do, yeah. And the guy who runs it is great. He's a good friend. Like yeah. I, you know, I as a as a literature component, I think it's a cool thing, right? Yeah. But I you know, it's one of those things where it's like you don't need a college degree to do it. So no. why why should anyone get to like and it's usually I mean, like the guy at U of O, Ben Saunders, he's like a scholar of comics. Like so that sure. man deserves to be teaching classes and I think he presents them in the right way that it's not like you know, you're going to learn how to do comics and get a job, but like art schools that do it, you know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it's, to me, it's just kind of fraudulent. Cause it's like, what's interesting is they'll have people like us come in to talk about it. Right. And it's like, motherfucker, you're making more teaching about this thing that you've never done that you don't know anything about yeah. But Like the college decided to do it. And somehow you were the person for that or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like, like, then I get to do it sometimes, you know, like it's, it's and you get tenure and health insurance and whatever, like that, so, I, that is I a think, good reality that I, uh, that I have had many of arguments with, uh, mutual acquaintances of ours about not yeah. arguments, but just heated conversations about it's a, it's a topic I think that needs to be discussed. Cause then you end up, you know, uh, telling these young people who are spending either the government's money or their parents' money, Mm-hmm. They're going to have to pay back or whatever, you know, yeah. or their own if they're working and going to school. And the expectation in this very collegiate society we live in is that you go to school, then you get out and you get the job. And it's yep. like, there's no job waiting for you in comics. Like once you no. have a degree in something, you know? Yeah. There's not like a studio. You just, cause uh, you know, there's no, there's not, there's no studios anymore that you just get hired. And then you're like a, a hired, a, a, a B a background a artist B. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, there may be a few like I that my first job was in one of those, but like that was because it was owned by Joe Kubert himself. Like he had army contracts and it was cool, but like I knew right away that like, oh shit, like this is very old school. This there this isn't gonna exist when I get out of this like microcosm, you know? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I mean, look at now versus 10 years ago, like everyone's working from home anyway, you know, yeah. like especially yeah. with the with COVID and everything. So yeah, it's just you know it, my friend and I talk a lot about YouTube University, 
you know oh, for yeah, sure it's all there now you just look that shit up and watch the you know videos and click skip ad and you've got an education you know yeah pretty much it's uh yeah that's a really good point it is really interesting um that i didn't even think that it is kind of um i don't want to say like uh snake oil but like it is kind of uh disingenuous yeah that like you've got guys i'm sure there's some like great people like i know like steve Bissett was teaching at um i think the school back in was it vermont or something Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. and it was like the cool school of like cartoon studies and they were like turning out some really good like some really great like creators and stuff but it was kind of in the cubert school vein too like you know it wasn't they they were they were preparing you for the reality. It was more of like this is like your passion, right? You know, like this is what you really want to do. Like this is an avenue. Like there's services of it. But yeah, you're right. Like there's state universities that are like, oh, you can get your, you want to get a doctorate in comics? It's like, then do what with it? <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. what, what, you know, do what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like Klaus Jansen teaches at I think like the School of Visual Arts in New York or something. And yeah, like that. It, they're actually like they have people who I think like John Paulion went there, you know, like sure. Um, so I mean, there are actual. I think Sean Murphy. No, he went to SCAD. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, there there are certainly like, but I I feel like those people would have made it anyway, right? Yeah, it's sure. easy to look at the top individuals, like right, like when I'll put, I'll put it this way: at the Cuber School, are we started with like a hundred and twenty students. Now, how many of us graduated, like finished the three years? 12. 18. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. You know, and like how many that, of those people are actually working today? Um, well, you know, Tamra, Tamra, Clayton, and that's, I can't, there might be some of the others, but those are the only ones that I actually like know of that yeah. are working regular that I see, like they have books on the shelf. I can't speak for, um, I know that the class behind us, like Gary Brown was in that. And there was a yeah. few uh, like Chris Muniham and there's a couple other guys, I think, but like, I mean, that's but this is, you know, cause like Tamara's a colorist and she went to school for like, she went, she wanted to be an artist, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We were, we sat next to each other. We were in yeah. class for and like, almost three years and Clayton, Clayton the same letter, thing. right. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I, I think obviously you can, you can, you know, extrapolate that like, yeah, I mean, being in that environment, learning about comics, like it's all very relevant to what they do, but it's, it's interesting that, you know, 18 people, three are working and only one is drawing, drawing, you know? Yeah. 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 And I, you know, I'm like, I'm not working. Like I would say Clayton and Tamara are, pro- are much more successful than I like. They're on like Marvel DC books and image books constantly where like I'll pop up on something here and there, you know, once in a while mm-hmm. or I'll it have a graphic novel come out. When you do a thing, the, the type of job, I mean, being a, being an illustrator in comics is the hardest job, obviously in general, but also just like writers can write multiple books a month. Letterers and colorists can do multiple books a month. We can only yeah. do the one thing we can do. So it's that's like, it. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you're you're already like at a deficit just in terms of the number of things you could do, mm-hmm. and that's one reason why, like you know, sometimes I really go like, man, these one shots are cool, but I really want to sink my teeth into something. Yeah. You know? But then I guess you get the benefit of like, you know, I have I have three things coming out in in the months of April and May because yeah, you know, I did that Doctor Strange one shot retroactive's coming out. Those are both April, and then like a thing I did years ago is finally being collected and put out in May, you know, and then I black Panther the month before. So it's like, you know, that's pretty good, man. Thank you. I mean, it was very intentional, right? I I wanted to, 
because I was like, I need comic shops to know who I am. Yeah. And if they see my name pop up in different parts of previews, then there will hopefully be a little bit more recognition. And it's not just going to be like, we always skip the humanoids pages and previews. You right. know what I mean? Like I'm telling you, man, so, we got to get, we got to get you up here for a, for a signing up at Olympic cards and comics. Yeah. I would love to, man. Well, I've been talking to, you know, Gabby and, yeah. and Allison and stuff about that forever. And I uh, just, it, we, we were never able to make it materialize. So hopefully, you know, especially now that like, I don't want to say things are getting back to normal yeah. with the pandemic because I think we're about to get hit again because everyone's like, hey, everything's fine now. And yeah. Like, no, it magically <laughs> disappeared. Yeah. No, the well, funding disappeared. The That's good why. thing is if you get up there, Bry's only like five minutes away and there's a kick-ass pizza place by his house that I highly recommend. That's true. That is true. Well, you know, my, my sister-in-law just moved to that general area, so we have even more cause to be up there now. There you so go. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. But, yeah, man. It's a. Uh, it's nice talking with you guys about this stuff because you know this is yeah the shared experiences and the the similar insights. It's helpful to you know sort of give everything context and and see what other people's experiences are like. Yeah. Know? Yeah. De- yeah. Definitely. It is interesting to just. It doesn't matter. It kind of lets you know that like doesn't matter where everybody's at. Um, that everybody's kind of experienced a lot of the similar stuff. I'm sure Absolutely. there's somebody whose life is just fucking amazing. I'm sure there's, <laughs> yeah, you know, I sure haven't found him yet. I don't know. I, I bet Sean Murphy's like fucking just living the life. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, Sean. I'm sorry. I, I, you don't remember me and nor do I care. Anyways, <laughs> uh, he's not, he, he's, why would he listen to anyone else talk about anything? Right. Oh, oh, I just, that just doesn't seem like his, his bag, you know, it's like, true. dude, God, somebody's good. I hope somebody listens to this and tags him in it. Oh my <laughs> God. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Uh, Bri, I think it's time. Well, before I got one more question before okay. I, before I ask the question. Uh, so as you said, you know, pandemic restrictions are easing, not necessarily things are getting better, but Restrictions are easing up. You got any uh, convention plans uh, coming up for uh, for the year? Nothing as of right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I, you know, I do every. This last year was the first time I haven't done a Rose City since. The- it was a weird oh. year. Like there yeah. wasn't even, uh, like Dark Horse wasn't even there. That's how weird Rose City was. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I was really bummed because I absolutely would have done it uh, if they had had the restrictions in place that they eventually put in place but i yeah i pulled out of it because i was like i just you know i don't feel you know my wife is a nurse and yeah she works with cancer patients so it's like we're we've been extra careful you yeah because we don't want to spread anything to these people with super yeah compromised immune systems and so you know i i bowed out of it and then like literally a week later they were like you know vaccine cards and and uh you know like uh masks required and i was like well shit I would have done it, you know. Yeah. I did do the. I, they didn't call it Jet City this year. They called it something else because it was like a, a truncated version. Of yeah, the show, but it was I, a small one. I did one, that yeah. one. Yeah, um, which was fun. It was nice to get out again and see people, and mm-hmm. you know, it was a nice. It was a nice little show. It wasn't too crazy, and, and people were very respectful of you know yeah. the parameters and stuff. So I did do that one, and if they, I think they're doing it again this year. In which case, I will definitely be there. Um, if invited, so <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, I haven't been able to really. That's the first time since Count came out that I was able to like sell it to anyone. Right. Yeah. At a show, so that was nice to actually like 
So that's a big part of it is interacting with people and, you know, getting like getting them to buy the book that they've never heard of, you know? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the story of my life. Yeah. <laughs> Same. I, I loved, yeah. I love people like, I didn't even know this came out. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. did. Yeah. We're my here. favorite was when, when uh, my buddy Chris Savella and I did that book, High Crimes together. And it was, oh yeah. Before it was collected by Dark Horse, it was coming out through just a digital first thing on Comixology through Monkey Brain, which was like an imprint. Yeah, and, I remember uh, Monkey Brain. Yeah, and and you know we'd have a tablet at the table and we would print up little ash cans and stuff, and and people would be like, "Oh, this sounds awesome!" We'd be like, "Thanks, yeah." So it's on, you know, where do I get it? Oh, it's on Comixology. Oh, I'll t- is it going to be printed? And at the time, we didn't know if it was going to be. And yeah. Like, uh, you know, I just like to have the like physical thing yeah. in my hand. So it was just so weird for people to be like, that sounds awesome. No, I won't read it. Thank you. Right. Like, you know, I would if I could hold it, but since I well, can't. not with their app now, Comixology yeah, right. app is garbage now. R.I.P. Man, yeah. I feel so bad for the people who I do so too. Hard on that for like I do a decade, too. You know, because I I use that app daily. Literally, Same. I read comics at night in my yeah. bed on my iPad. So, and so, what do you do now, Brian? Uh, right. I, right now, I listen to. I'm I'm going through a audiobook phase, so I'll just set. Well, like no, a, I meant like for reading comics digitally. You don't do that at all anymore. Uh, I'll use the like the Marvel app or the DC app, but okay. I can't get the indies that I like, um, or like the image books that I that I want to pick up or whatever. Um, yeah, just I haven't tried the the Kindle Reader app yet. Mm. I I will say I have used Kindle um to where I'll buy like um like I bought like a bunch of Lobo books from you know old school Lobo stuff. And um, I've got the big, the Kindle Fire, and um, it worked fine. I had no issues. Okay. And actually, the Kindle Fire is almost the same size as like a, a regular comic page. Yeah, a comic yeah. page. Uh, yeah, my wife got it for me. It gets, it's a little weird when you have the double page spreads, but you know, right. that's, you know, you just kind of turn it or zoom in, zoom out, whatever. But um, I read the uh, first couple of volumes of Invincible on that because I never actually read it. And everyone's always talking about it with the TV show. So I yeah. figure I should probably, you know, finally get up to date with right. you know 20 years later yeah. uh but yeah um i would say like the uh, the kindle app i mean like i don't read a ton of comics on there but the stuff i have read isn't too bad like mm. I, I thought it like it was pretty user-friendly now i don't know how it is on the smaller readers it's probably hell but on the the, the big fire it's not bad yeah well i have the i have like the 12.9 ipad pro so that's what okay. I that's what I read my comics on, uh, which makes it very nice. Yeah, I'd probably be okay. I would imagine. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna try. I'm gonna make a point to download that this weekend because I yeah. just haven't had time to to experiment with it yet. I tried using the desktop, and it and it was very difficult to figure out even just how to read the comics that were already in my yeah. library. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Hmm. I, get I wonder that. why they shut that down. I wonder what the like well, behind they didn't, the scenes, like the real they reasons didn't, for it. They didn't shut down Comixology. They uh, like redid the entire app, and, and it's just not. There's no UX compatibility or what. It's like that. Normally, when you redo an app or something, or you redo like there's still pieces of the old ones, so you like know how to navigate it and things like that. And yeah. it is not that at all. Like it's complete. Everything is completely redone um, from how you find comics to reading them and just kind of everything in between. 
So there's there's no like natural no. integration or no in, in intuitiveness to it at all. I I if there is, I haven't figured it out yet. Do you do you think that if you learn how to use it, it's like a a good experience, or is it just like even hard to figure out how to use it at this point? Well. I haven't used it enough to figure it out because, like, the first couple of times I tried, I just got, like, super frustrated. Um, maybe. Maybe it could be. Because if it's, like, switching from a, a Mac to Windows or something, like... Not like that. Then I'll figure it out, right? But if it's, like, this thing is just unusable, then it's, like, why Why even... Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. right. I don't know. I need to play around in it some more and see if I can figure it out. But so far... It sucks because it wasn't broken. Exactly. Live, you know, the the yeah. app before was great. Yeah. It made it like <laughs> it made it easy. Like when you know, because I have the Comicsology Unlimited, and uh, right. you know, it's really easy to find the the new release books that come in every month. And you know, the new one, they've they've got mixed in like all of the top books that are out for the week without showing like what the the unlimited ones are so it's like here's the ones that you can buy versus here's the ones that you're already so it's basically just designed to get you to spend more money on the app versus reading the books you can actually uh read as part of your plan Mm. okay i i gotta be honest i never played around with any of that stuff yeah I, um, i probably should I had unlimited and that really like got me back into reading yeah. again and I loved it and I was really bummed. I canceled it for now cuz I'm like until I figure out the app like what's the point of paying them Agreed. to put out like a bad product. You know? Agreed. Yeah. yeah. So but I you still know love I-, I love going on there just when they have like they always have great sales you know on good oh. books like they'll have like a 60% off image entire run so you can go and just pick up whatever you want in the entire catalog or oh, wow. you know like moon nights out so they'll have like massive discounted moon night moon night books or any any big thing that's coming out um so wow. it makes it it makes it pretty nice i'll be honest i still do the I still just buy old school books, mostly used. I'll just find. I love finding like an indie book. I mean, that, I mean, I've got. A I've stack. never heard. <laughs> yeah, but I, I love finding like an indie graphic novel from like oh yeah the nineties or something that yeah. never heard of. And it's like some dudes like maybe he's prolific now, but like this was his first thing like out of college or something. Yeah, yeah. I love I love looking for that kind of stuff because you just find so much weird stuff. Also, like Kickstarter is not bad. I like some of the Kickstarter books have been coming yeah. up and doing those mm-hmm. yeah i i was reading a lot of stuff that you like excuse me out of print or hard to find or whatever that yeah like you couldn't just go to the comic shop and get i would i would read on comiXology yep nice um, and then i would i do like double dipping to like i'll read it on comiXology because yeah. i don't want floppies around but i still want to support the single issues yeah and then i'll buy the trades from the local shops you know yeah yeah or if you're not sure about something i don't know if this is going to be your good or not i'll pick it up digitally right yeah so you don't have just like one issue of a thing you yeah or it's not taking up shelf space if i didn't like it yeah i mean that's the thing ultimately it was the amount of stuff right it was just like you know i'm i moved 10 times in 10 years pretty much oh it was like i didn't have a ton of you know back issue stuff but it was like it's enough to where you're just like, where do I put this? And, and then, yeah. yeah, before we bought our house, I was just, I just wanted as clean a slate as I could. So I just gave all my single issues. I mean, I kept some runs that I had collected and stuff, but a lot of them, I just like gave to my buddy who runs a local shop and was just like, 
you know, fill fill your your back issue bins with these, and yeah. he's happy to take them. And it was win win. You know? Yeah, nice. I've been contemplating getting rid of a lot of my graphic novel because I've just got a whole wall of graphic novels here, and I've been contemplating like, how often do I actually read them? Like, they're great to have to reference and stuff, but like, I'm tempted to just take them all. I've had stuff. Yeah, yeah I have stuff I've that I've been that I've had for 20 years sitting over here. You know, so I yeah, get same that. here. I don't, like I was in the Cubert school, my mom bought me like they're putting out these huge collections over in the UK of Judge Dredd, mm-hmm. and she got me like I don't know like the first eight volumes. So I've got like you know this I've got like two feet of Judge Dredd black and white comics. Yeah, I've read them all, but it was just one of those where I'm but like, are you going to read them again? Right? No. Yeah. yeah, they look great. They look awesome on the shelf, but it's like one of those where it's like ah, I should just. Yeah, get rid of them. I'm at the Never. point where I need to make room, so it's like ah, I got to yeah. get rid of stuff. Otherwise, I'm gonna have to find new places to put these books. Yeah, yeah. Look at us, just like oh, man, I got all this <laughs> stuff, just too much stuff. <laughs> anyway, well, you know, a buddy of mine has an incredible collection of statues, books, posters, paint. You know, like yeah. yeah. And he's selling all of his stuff right now. He actually just messaged me tonight about it. Um, oh wow! He's, he's like gonna sell his his place and move overseas to where he grew up and oh like, wow and you know you amass this incredible collection and then yeah. you just like i think you know you so get getting hot toys like, do i want this anymore he doesn't oh. <laughs> i would i would have swooped those yeah. <laughs> um so yeah you know i i got to a point with my figures where i was just like i i had kind of reached what i felt was my capacity for like mm-hmm. uh, displaying them and then i was like i'm not gonna buy anymore you know I've um, become very selective about what yeah. figures I buy now. Yeah. Well, for a long time when I was customizing before I got into Mezco, which are a little bit more deliberate yes. and like on purpose, yeah. I was, I was into NECA stuff. Oh yeah. And you know, those weren't just like take a, you know, a blank body and put little clothes on it. This, these were like, you need the arms from this one, the torso from this one. So I was just buying up all these like, and plus, I couldn't go anywhere because I was working all the time, right? So I was just like, yeah. I would get like, you know, 20 bucks here for like a couple of figures that were loose. You know, oh, I'll use that for something. And before I knew it, I had all this shit and like, <laughs> you know, that were like eventually like, I'll use those for parts. And then I shifted my focus into a different line entirely. And now I have all this stuff that like, we haven't had toy shows. You know, you usually, if you go to a local toy show, it's like a little comic show, dude. They've got ones up no. here at the state at the state fairgrounds in Puyallup, the Washington Toy Show. That are just they just had one, I think, last weekend. Oh, yeah, shit. they're they're money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll let you know when the next one is. Please do. I'll come up for that, and I I want to you know get a table when I can, when we have one here again, and just like sell this shit and just get rid of it. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I've been trying to be a lot more purposeful with this stuff lately which feels good so but yeah i think that's the thing you know we're we're all approaching middle age right and you just get to a point where you're like you know what's important what right what what do you want yeah Yeah. and like you know i've been thinking a lot about like the seasons of things right yeah everything has its season and you kind of go like you know what i think maybe the season of me buying up all this one thing or collecting that thing is just kind of done with like i don't need it now i'm really honestly like i just want to like grow vegetables there you go. There it is. You that's know? very seasonal. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. I you know, but then it's like that's a whole thing to research and shit. So I'm I'm, I'm working on that. But I started composting this last year. 
Oh, there you go. And yeah, and I got uh, rainwater barrels and shit. So I'm I'm taking the steps, man. Look at you. There we go. Uh, wow. Sorry, my phone was buzzing. Closed loop, baby. We're you know permaculture. That's what I'm. Yeah, you getting ready to go off the grid and everything. <laughs> yeah, I would get, love to get man. that solar power to. going too. Yeah, definitely. That's right. I, dude, we have this program. I think you guys have it where you're at, Brian. Uh, it's called oh. Ridwell, and it's this service where it's like 15 bucks a month and twice a week or twice a month, you know, they give you this metal box with all these burlap or like canvas bags. Yeah. And, um, you can recycle batteries, light bulbs, plastic film. Right. Wow. Uh, and then they have rotating categories like, like, um, I'm looking you know, at it right week, now. <laughs> yeah. One week it'll be wine corks. And then the, next, the other week it'll be like, you know, old used like tablets and smartphones. And then, power cords, dog toys, you know, and then like threads is another one of the things. So if you have an old shirt with holes in it, you can put it in this bag and they'll come get it. Right. Yeah. And dude, I'm telling you like this, the plastic film thing alone is worth it because like everything comes wrapped in some kind of plastic. Yeah. You know, dude. everything you buy yeah. coffee creamer and it's like a plastic bottle that's recyclable, but it's wrapped in this, you know, thick, like plastic, you know, graphic thing that's not recyclable. Right. And so now we can recycle that stuff. You eat a frozen burrito, it comes in a plastic bag, you put that bitch in that. In yeah. That nice. That Dude, this is awesome. Yeah. I'm looking Dude, at this great. right now. Yeah. And I'm telling you, like, we we have, like, you know, it's just my wife and I, obviously, but, like, um, it's like one bag of trash every two weeks is what we generate. That's about how we are, too, because yeah. it's just the wife and I. Uh, when the other, when more of the families here, during like the summer and stuff it's crazy how much garbage yeah. we just generate like mm -hmm. we take like we're taking the trash i'm taking the trash out every like once a week it's like out on the curb like full like a big one yeah. and it's just from all the the body traffic coming through here but um, yeah my sister stayed with us with two of her kids for about a month <laughs> and she's like the most wasteful person i know and it's just <laughs> like it was just constant just bags and bags and i was just like what are you what doing? What's going on here? Why yeah, are you my, throwing my, away cans? Like my, si my sister's like that too. She's pretty, she's pretty wasteful. Yeah, I it, it it completely has like revolutionized the way I get rid of stuff. So yeah, yeah. it's been. It's and been this fun. episode is uh, not brought, brought to you by, by Ridwell, <laughs> but hey, Ridwell. hit hit us up. Hey, hey, that's how we get sponsors. We talk about the the product, and then they're like, "Hey, you guys are cool." Yeah. Here's some money. Talk about our stuff. Yeah. yeah. Ridwell, hit us up. You heard it here <laughs> first, right? Yeah. So uh, I, I think it's time, Brian. Okay. And I want, I know, I know your answer, your answer last time. So uh, I'm going to be, be what was extra, his answer last extra stingent time? on you with the answer today. But the All question right. <laughs> is given uh, unlimited, like basically you could do a mini series, six issues, 12 issues of, whatever like ip that you wanted outside of superman because that's what you said last time yeah uh what would you do doesn't have to be I, comics either you could do yeah yeah anything hmm. could be a comic on how to customize toys you know what i would really love to do is there's a book series called uh the first law hmm and oh. It's by a writer named Joe Abercrombie. It's the uh, let me tell you, if you do audiobooks, I do. You gotta listen to this shit. 
Okay. It is the most incredible audio experience I've ever had in my life. Uh, it's, it's, it's a fantasy series, but it's like similar to game of Thrones in the way that like there's magic, but it's not everywhere and all the time, you know, right here. And, uh, you follow one of the main characters is this guy named Logan nine fingers. And he is one of the Northmen, right? They're kind of like, Ooh. I don't want to call them Vikings because they're it's more it's more nuanced than that. Sure, uh, but they're like they're from the north and they're like you know bigger people and they're of like the warring tribes and each you know Logan is like the chief of his his clan, right? And like uh, they all ha- they're all named men. So like he's nine fingers because he had one of his fingers cut off in a in a fight, right? And they call him the Bloody Nine because he goes into these like Wolverine like berserker rages when he sees his like blood and he just like I'm in. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Dude, and I, then there's like yes. there's Baez, first of the Magi, who's like this old like wizard who basically is like controls everything, right? He like yeah. he puts who's on the crown, like or who's on the throne in the crown and he you know, so you've got the Northmen and then you've got the Union, which are like the, you know, the more like erudite, like mm-hmm. civilized people. And, and there's, it's, I can't even get it. It's so good. And th- so the first book there, the first uh, thing is three, uh, a trilogy, right? Yep. And they're all like, you know, part one, part two, part three. The second trilogy are standalone books. And I actually started with the fourth book in the series. Was that best served cold? Best served cold. Yeah. And it's it's like a it's a revenge story. It's about this woman who is a mercenary and she works for this, you know, like Duke type guy. And it all takes place in the same world, right? Yeah. And okay. and she is becoming a little bit too beloved by his people and he's worried that they're she's going to try to oust him and take his throne, so he has her killed. But it doesn't take and she survives and then so she assembles this like Ocean's 11 type yes. group to take out her revenge. And so there's like her and a Northman who you meet in the first trilogy and, uh, like a poisoner and oh, this cool. really like bravado. y like, uh, you know, the, the, this, uh, his name is, um, Inigo Montoya. <laughs> he's like that. He's yeah. kind of like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's old drunk. He was like a mercenary, you know, and his whole thing is like, he tries never to actually fight, but he gets people to pay him to be like a mercenary, <laughs> you know? And, and, it's just it's so incredible um and then so there's there's three series in total but um they're read by a guy named Stephen Pacey who's okay. like like a veteran stage actor and he was on some old like british like not doctor who but shows kind of like that and stuff yeah you would think you're listening to 10 different people read a book like what i just incredible. put it on my audible wish, wish list i got a new i got you're a credit coming up here next week so consider it done it. i'm telling you man like he does he does different voices, different dialects, different accents, different. Awesome. Like, like it's like listening to a stage play. It's incredible. Uh, and the writing is just so, so good. So that's my very long answer to say that I would adapt. Yeah. All right. I love it. That, that's I love first it. Law. Yeah, dude. That's yeah, that's great. There you go. People check it out. First law. Get it. Check it. Um, well, we've been going for a really long time. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but uh it's starting to get kind of late. Yeah. Why don't we start winding it down? Um, what is, uh, why don't we get into what everybody's reading? Sure. If that goes good, uh, Ibrahim, man, what, what comics you've been uh, checking out? Anything uh, you can recommend? 
Yes. And this is like a, a, a very populist answer, but uh, I just read recently all of Something is Killing the Children. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. That, How's that? That book is fucking great. Like, really? I was kind of like, uh, it's so hyped up. Uh, what is, okay, yeah. I'll check it out. It's so good. Like I haven't, oh. I haven't devoured something like that since I was like really into The Walking Dead when okay. it was like in its heyday. Really? You know? I mean, I was just like, just go like finish a volume, read the next one. Finish a volume, read the next one. So, oh, highest recommendation. It's so good. All right. Okay. I, you know, I was trying to, I was trying to get my my oldest, my fifteen year old. I was trying to get her to read uh, Stray Dogs. Oh yeah, Cause, yeah. Because. Uh, she, I can get her to read some comics sometimes, but like she's really into like the horror and serial killers and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm telling you, you get she hasn't she hasn't she read it, it. Yet. she hasn't read it yet because yeah. it's me telling her to do it. Right, um, right. She's yeah. gonna have to. It's gonna have to be her idea. Right? But I, I know you've read it, and you know it's gonna. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Tony Fleece, yes, very good friend of mine. Absolutely. Brad Simpson, yeah. who. Uh, who colored it? Who also colored retroactive with me? Did, I think did I Fle- recommended Stray Dogs last time I was on. Maybe you might have. We've had Fleece on a couple of times, and I've I read yeah. the graphic novel, and my God, I I think I asked him. I was like, dude, what the like? Who hurt you, man? Like what? <laughs> like what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, didn't didn't he send us volume one? I want to say he he did. sent us the first issue, but I read the whole right. the whole graphic novel. Yeah, it's that's right, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's down. Where's he? He's in L.A., right? L.A. Yeah. 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 Brave man. Saw him Come at Rose it. City. Yeah. 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 That was awesome. What did I? I read. Um, where is it? Oh, yeah. Well, while you're doing that, I read uh, volume one of Profit, which I really enjoyed. Simon Roy. Yep. Yep. Uh, he did the art uh, story by Brandon Brandon Graham. Yeah, and then Simon Roy did the art, and uh, as well as Feral, uh, Dalrymple, Dalrymple, thank you, yeah. and and Giannis, Milo no Giannis, Milo Giannis. Yes, I'm here to pronounce all the thank, names I, for you. Don't I, worry I, about I appreciate <laughs> you, man. <laughs> I, 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 I like to, th- I like to guess. I guess I could say I'm friends with Feral, but I can never remember how to say his last name, and so I'm always like, oh, Dalrymple. Is that how you say it? Oh. I'm always yeah. like super hesitant. We got to get him on the podcast. I'd love uh, to. I talked, I talked to him a while ago, and he was all like down for coming on. And then I just, I haven't connected That's, with him since. Yeah, but this is how it goes. I love Prophet. This is this is my kind of my kind of uh, sci-fi sci-fi futuristic type book. One of the things I really liked about it, though, was like uh, I think it was in issue one, and they do this in the other issues as well. But like when you don't really know what's going on. And then like he wakes up and then it's like there's like an entire panel of just like the inventory of all oh, of the yeah. different gear. And so you just like, yeah. you know, you know, you get to know all the stuff with it, you know, before you ever actually see it in action, which uh, that's shit that I, I, I appreciate that as just as a reader being yeah. able to be like, oh, I, I didn't know he had that. Oh, that's kind of cool, you know, but then being able to kind of see it and then it like calls back to it to me anytime they do it and uh, puts that tool in action because kind of the point of this is like every tool has a very specific use to get him to where he needs to go. Yeah. Um, and so it's, uh, it's very cool. I, I 
can't say enough. I'm going to pick up volume two here probably uh, next week because I, I enjoyed volume one a lot. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. How about you, Tad? I, I want to. Did I ever. Oh, did I already review Space Riders? No, not yet. And I haven't read it. So don't don't review it too much. Give it like okay. a, a spoiler free so, review. I banged out Space Riders the other day because it showed up in the mail. Um, and it's. Uh, you know, I'm not. Uh, normally I don't buy this kind of stuff because it's a little too like kind of uh, like funky for me, but I, f- I fucking loved it. It was put out by Black Mask and uh, who, who's well, you got it after I got it. Yeah, yeah. I, you showed me the cover and I was like, all right, I got to get this yeah. thing. It just looks too cool by uh, Alexis uh, Zirit and Fabian Wrangle Jr. And um, man, it was cool. You know, it was kind of like your stereotypical, like it was definitely a throwback to like kind of like a uh, 70s style not only the art but also in story yeah where it's kind of like um it looks a dirty... like a black light poster right like every page is absolutely like a... oh yeah yeah definitely yeah it's like it's super psychedelic as you can see those are my favorite type of colors too oh i love yeah it. yeah i'm colorblind as fuck so i appreciate it because it's like oh they're they're picking more of the colors for as like style and for, as like representational of like mood and things like that rather than just like straight up like, oh, this every panel is going to be paint. Not that I don't like that. I like it. I just can't see it. So I'm always kind of like, does that look right? Why is why is that guy pink? I don't understand what's going on here. Yeah. Um, but it was like it was kind of like a throwback to like uh, like the Dirty Dozen or something, but like in space. And so it's just like, oh, yeah, revenge mission. We got to get revenge for my father. You know, that kind of stuff. Like it was uh, it was really badass. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I think I'm probably going to pick a volume, too. All right. And then I, I got also, both volumes. So I yeah, need to I read them. Look at this guy. You know, he's just always like one up. <laughs> brag and, about it, Brian. Jesus. That's what yeah. I do. <laughs> he's got. He went and bought Cap Shield and it all. You know, like living my childhood dream, and now he's got uh, Volume Two and yep. Volume One. Volume Three is coming out later this year, I believe, too. So is it really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'll have to pick it. Maybe we should get him on the show. Talk about it. Oh, I don't I would know. Love that. Um, and then um, I want to say I reviewed this, but I think it was one of our episodes that we weren't able to release uh, that we recorded not too long ago. One of our extras that we were recording never. But uh, did you ever read Drifter, Nick Klein? No, but that looks awesome. I always wanted to read that one. And I, I yeah, it's fucking go- I mean, it's Nick Klein. It's yeah. gorgeous. Um, it's written by Ivan Brandon. They also like they kind of broke into the industry together when they did that Vikings like 10 years ago over at image. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And so like, it's a pretty kind of like a mystery. There's like a nice, like sci-fi mystery going on. So you're like constantly, you know, this kind of stranger shows up on this, like on this planet and the, the locals are trying to figure out why. And then of course, like he, he linked, he's, there's something about him. That's, you know, he's got some kind of like a, space military type background and uh but i mean it just it looks gorgeous you know it's like even if you're not a fan of sci-fi if you just like good looking comics like it's worth picking up you know yeah but, um yeah it uh it is interesting it really set up a lot of like really kind of big stuff because it kind of it kind of almost played out kind of had a bit of a feel of like a western because it's real like it's on this like desolate planet like desert planet and um, I don't know. I'm curious to see where the other volumes are going to go. Mm. Um, like How volume, many did they do? Do you know? I think they did like, I want to say like four or five volumes. I want to say, I know they did more than three, 
because um, Amazon keeps recommending them to yeah. me constantly. <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, I, the crazy thing is, is I accidentally, I was in the studio and Ivan Brandon was in there just to like work for the day. And they were only about maybe like five pages deep on this. And so he was like working out like the script for, for Nick and uh, him and I ended up eating lunch together. I don't, cause I just don't think there was a lot of people up there. And so he ended up showing me a bunch of like the art before it even like had been announced or anything like that. When they were just like, I think they'd pitched it and it got accepted. So they were now just kind of starting production. Yeah. So I didn't even realize that. And then when I bought the book, I was like, Oh shit, I saw this page like right after it got finished, like, Oh, this is awesome. You know, like, Oh, cool. Like I'm finally like, like, Oh, I'm putting it together. Like, there you go, dad. But uh, yeah, no, it's, I mean, again, it's Nick Klein. I don't know if you guys are following what he's doing over on the Thor series. Thor, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, See, that's like, a book I would have read on Comicsology tonight. What, yeah. Drifter? Yeah, because I'm like, I want to read it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know? And I don't want to wait for it to show up in the mail in a couple of days. So I would have just bought it, you know. So yeah. maybe I'll download that app and see what's going on. There you on go. I got one other thing I wanted to show you. I haven't read it yet, but... Uh, uh, I got the. Uh, I was able to get my hands. My shop oh, got me the Hero oh. Initiative JLA Avengers, dude. Classic. Uh, so this was the. They just re-released this uh, for the proceeds to go to George Perez. Um, the Hero Initiative oh, did. So they only made seven thousand of these. That uh, was it. They yep. didn't print more, huh? It no. was like a raffle at most. You know, to to even get one. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. Uh, Gabby's Olympic Cards and Comics. Gabby Allison. They they. They love me, and I spend a buttload of money there. So yeah. they, uh, no, that's great, man. That's I, I should, you know, yeah, I, I texted Allison when this got announced, and I was like, hey, I need, I need one of these, and so, yeah, that always. What's the what's me out the main there. what's the main villain in that book? I never, never read it. Oh, I read it years and yeah. years ago, but I can't remember much about it. If I'm being honest, uh, let's see here. Uh, Is it like the Krona? starfish, Krona? I don't even know. Is that a DC Grandmaster? The Grandmaster versus the Justice the League of America from Cronus. Hmm. Interesting. A, I have no idea. I yeah. But yeah, I'm super excited. I was super excited to be able to get my hands on on this. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Cool. All right. Well, uh, Brian, why don't we start winding it down? All right. I'll take us home. Uh, take us home. All right, you. Uh, cool cats and kittens as carol baskin oh, would say wow <laughs> wow that 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 husband murdering lady let's because let's be honest she, she she did it she did it <laughs> wow. um, dude i feel like this 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 episode is getting set up for a lot of a lot of heat carol's good. coming after us Give me, we didn't even talk about us. the slap so you know yeah, i know that's right true. <laughs> the slap heard around the internet yeah yep <laughs> yep Yep. Uh, which apparently LAPD was on site, ready to arrest. And I'm like, for an open hand slap. No, they weren't. Uh, anyways. Uh, so Tiger Cubs, you already know this, but I'm going to tell you anyway, the home of Blue Tiger Revenge, the home of Operation Blue is bluetigerrevenge.substack.com. Go there, subscribe, share it with your friends, share it with your frenemies. And share with your enemies. Share with everybody, right? Everyone needs that tiger milk in their life. Let's uh, let's fortify those bones with some tiger calcium. Let's turn everybody into the apex predator that a blue tiger is. Um, 
<laughs> what what's the what are we at the dark web? So we're the intellectual dark web of comic book podcasting. Yeah, that's right. One hundred percent. Ibrahim, appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, hey, thank you guys for having me. I don't know. I always make you go long, so I apologize. Oh, dude, we love it. <laughs> we love, we love we it. Love Tell us, long. give us uh, one last uh, one last thing about retroactive and where when it's coming out. Yeah, so I'm actually doing. If this comes out before the print date. It will. Uh, awesome. Then I'm doing a, a pre-order giveaway where if you buy it and you send a screenshot to retroactivecomic at gmail.com, you get entered in to win. Like, I got T-shirts. We're doing signed book plates. Um, other comics I've done, you know, signed and mailed to you. Uh, even a couple of original art pages getting tossed in the mix, too. Where, do they pre- where would they pre-order this at? Just anywhere. You know, comic shop, Amazon. Uh, Barnes and Noble, like okay. your your mom and pop bookstore, you know, please support independent businesses if you can. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, if you just send proof of that, you know, like either a receipt or an online, you know, like uh, email uh, confirmation or whatever, send a screen cap to that email address and you get entered to win. And there's going to be a bunch of winners because I got a bunch of shit printed. So awesome. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. All right, folks. Well, you you heard it here. Um. Go pick up retroactive. Go pre-order it, and uh, maybe win some win some free cool stuff. Yeah, and there's a trailer. If you go to retroactivecomic.com, you can watch the trailer, and and there's a link to pre-order it there as well. We'll put links to both of those in the show notes. So thank you, sir. Oh, we're definitely putting the trailer. A hundred percent. Yeah, I am awesome. love it when people have trailers because then we can just plug it right in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, thank you. And yeah. Uh, that is all I have, Tad. Do you have anything else? I should, but I don't. I am all out of tiger milk. Teats are dry. All right. Well, (laughs) if that is the case, what time is it? Hit the music.